0: Get ready for Black Hole Zion. That's a good mm-hmm. segue. In. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what is up, everybody? Daniel Bonner, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. It's good. a nice rainy Sunday. We're spending it together here. Yes. Draft is over. Trend. Dra- draft is over. Yeah.
1: Looking forward to the football.
0: To the footballs. Yeah. There's a lot of things happening. A lot of things mm-hmm. percolating percolating uh hell of a job mr bonner on friday representing 13 palm shade
1: oh you did a good job
0: no man i was just there i was your emotional support animal <laughs> you were i was your emotional support animal i was just there i yeah. bought us i bought us a, a cocktail before but mm-hmm. i didn't add much
1: yeah, the cocktail made me have to run to the bathroom about 10 minutes before it was over. I couldn't hold well, it. Well, no
0: one told you to drink 14 coffees or whatever the hell it was before right. you got started.
1: Like four or five coffees, no food, and a 16-ounce <laughs> beer before this panel caused me to have to relieve myself. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: feel sorry for the good people at the Marriott Cleaning those <laughs> yeah. facilities. Yeah. I'm sure the slaughterhouse that you left behind was, was fun to manage later. Yeah.
1: yeah, that was the first thing I did when we got there.
0: But anyway. probably thought that there was a medical issue involved. <laughs> yeah. But uh, big shout out to our girl Cecily for putting that all together. Mm-hmm. She did a really great job mediating and organizing that event.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it was fun to be considered a young entrepreneur, if you could call us that, as you said. Yeah. Kind of a we just couple of... Couple of freaks with facial hair, a couple of weirdos. And what do we have here? The Godfather uh visiting us, ruining our introduction. And, and... he just took his pants down. <laughs> Weird. Nice. It's not
1: a good intro unless somebody
0: does something terrible.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <clears throat> so what do we got this week, Daniel? We've got Black Hole Zion, the singer from Black Hole Zion. The rest of the band didn't show up. Um but he said that he you know is the voice of the band anyway, so
0: the voice the face. There's a lot of... It's, it's about a two-hour episode. Oh, wow. As you can see. There's a hair on me. So it's everyone better be a, get ready for that. Yeah. Get we'll your popcorn a lot of, ready.
1: A lot of Star Wars talk in it. Oh,
0: And his favorite shit.
1: character is Jar Jar Banks.
0: What? Is that a joke?
1: I guess you're going to have to listen to the episode and find <laughs> out.
0: <laughs> I'm not even a huge fan, and that kind of makes me mad. <laughs> no. I think it's more of a, like, a, like a joke. He says it to... To the people who get really excited yeah. about May the 4th and what have you. Yeah. Which
1: this is... Which an appropriate is, episode to come out this Thursday since May the 4th just happened. And yeah. rest in peace, meter... Pe- meter... Meter pay who? Yes. Peter Mayhew. Yes. Peter Mayhew?
0: I'm just kidding. It's very insensitive, <laughs> you know, Daniel. Piss off a lot of people with that one. Very insensitive. Yeah. So I guess this is the time that we give Worst Kept Secret a shout out or something? Unfortunately. <laughs> I guess they got a mediocre new release out. Mm -hmm. They um, coupled it with a terrible beer that they put out. I heard it tastes like rusty nails and kind of like a...
1: I mean, it's even called Dirty Blonde.
0: Yeah, like the water in a wishing fountain. It would taste coppery and like you would absolutely get some kind of bubonic plague from it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. They're serving that up. But yeah, Worst Kept Secret, they have a song. It's called Bender. We unfortunately are contractually obligated to play it in every episode. So be sure you request it at every Worst Kept, show, mm-hmm. worst kept Secret show at a venue near you. Mm-hmm. They're actually playing tonight, if you're listening
1: to this, at um, the Rex Theater up in Pittsburgh.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. with, with uh, the, He is
1: legend. Yeah. Krabot, the damn things.
0: That's the Scott Ian man, isn't it? And the singer from Every Time I Die? I believe it is. I'm shrugging my
1: shoulders right now.
0: I believe that it is. So congratulations on playing a mediocre (laughs) pay-to-play, (laughs) jerk-offs. So there's something up up
1: with the disillusion effect too, isn't there?
0: There is. Uh, We recently were accepted to play a music festival in August.
1: In Pawnee. (laughs) In (laughs)
0: Pawnee. In... uh, Muncie, Indiana. No, it is, the town is Pawnee. It's Pawnee, yeah. Oh, okay. Well then yeah. Bob doesn't know Bob, what the hell Bob's he's talking full of about. Shit. <laughs> he just got excited. <laughs> but yeah, the DE doing big things. So get ready for a series of announcements. We got some shows coming mm-hmm. up. Yes. Out of the gate. Working on tasty, eerie jams. Yes. Tell you what, all I can say is darkness. darkness. It's an Ed Green reference. Blackest motherfucker on the planet. <laughs> it's the best. Blows my mind. So we have a patreon. Before oh, no we wonder. To the no episode. wonder that doesn't do well because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we forget about it.
1: <laughs> patreon.com/wasted local talent. Mhm We've got some goodies.:
0: We'll leave you a voicemail. We'll send incriminating photographs of ourselves. At least me and Daniel <laughs> will. I'm not going to speak for anyone who's not here. I know Jed's a little self-conscious. He'll give you a butt pick, but that's all hes good for. So if you're in the butt pick market, you can get that. But we have... um, Oh, God, that's a butt. (laughs) We got all kinds of stuff. (laughs) Subscribe to Rabbi's Rants, uh, the Wasted Confessionals, there's bonus content out the yin-yang. We Mm -hmm. got swag. Yeah, we're actually going to be
1: restructuring it again here soon. Uh, Trying to get... More bang for your bucks. Some uh, monthly giveaways to some local businesses, things like that. We just got to talk to these local businesses to see if they want to do that. (laughs) They do. But, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, so yeah, wasted local talent on Patreon. Uh, yeah, so now uh, Black Hole Zion.
2: Well,
1: hello, everybody. I'm Daniel. And I'm Jed. And he's still bald. And today we're wasting our talent with
3: Mark from Black Hole Zion.
1: Black Hole Zion. So, where did you get the name Black Hole Zion? I'm curious about that. I've actually always been curious about it. Oh, okay. That's a, man. Nobody's
3: ever asked that question before. I, I
1: like oh, to know right. the, the the story behind a band name.
3: All right, cool. Well, I have. I actually have an answer to that. surprised. <laughs> most bands <laughs> don't. Which is, I'm glad you do. So, uh, the the idea for that band was it, originally I wasn't sure if it was actually going to be a band, but mm-hmm. I knew like I had this music and I wanted to collaborate with friends and stuff. But a lot of the stuff that I was working on, it was really like spacey in nature in terms of like the sound and also like some of the lyrical stuff. So the idea was like, <clears throat> excuse me, the world is so kind of miserable sometimes that you just want to just, this is this is a little negative. I'm not that negative of a person, but <sighs> uh, just end it all or like literally like dive into the black hole and just mm-hmm. like escape from everything not just this earth but the the whole dimension that we're in yeah and so the idea is like well what if by doing that you actually find like the promised land for you so it's like using that negativity to turn it into something like positive Positive and energizing so that's cool
1: yeah yeah most bands that i ask i'm like where'd your band name come from like we saw it on a sign somewhere it's like cool like there's no there's there's hardly ever like a deeper meaning (laughs) no
3: i thought (laughs) i thought a lot about it and i even made sure that it like had an even number of like syllables and Mm -hmm. uh, i don't i don't know why i did but i was like i feel like i I feel like it needs to have an even number of syllables and And, i want it you know i want it to express that but nobody's ever asked me that question before it
1: it flows like black holes iron. like it, it flows better than having like you know like you said, different words with different amount of syllables. It makes it easier to, to actually say. It
3: just sucks to type out. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I just write BHZ. BHZ. But,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's all labeled. The episode is BHZ. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Big, Big heckin' zonkers. Big <laughs> heckin
4: zonkers. <laughs>
1: so I know uh, the first time I booked you guys at the, at the
3: cafe. Yeah, that was our first show. Was it really? Yes, that was our Shit. first show yeah. and our third time playing together.
1: Uh, Damn. Wow. I did not know that. Um so I think I booked you. Was it? With, it was with last year's model, correct? Was it that show? That
3: was the second. Was it show. the second
1: show? Because I remember, I remember booking, and I remember the thing. Like I was like, I need to find a band that fits last year's model. That's kind of like along the same sound, ish. Mm-hmm. And you guys were the ones that kind of stuck out to me, so I booked you together. But not realizing, like last year's model is a very Christian-based band, and your your band, I know, is not a very. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of the opposite of that. Kind so, of, we're, so, we're
3: very science-based. Yeah, uh, so
1: it was like. I I remember that and every time I still in my memories I still get that I, w- I think it was the Katy Perry flyer was it oh the Katy? Yeah. yeah and I made a Katy Perry flyer for it and I remember getting to the venue and I was like what did I do it was almost as bad as the time that I booked like a bunch of hardcore metal bands during Jesus Fest <laughs> but we won't get into that Jesus Fest
3: yeah I've I always wanted to there. go to Jesus Fest it was crazy
1: well um do you know um what's his name, the, the heart, the, like the black metal band from Morgantown, um, I forget the band name, but he, they played and he went out and, the st- went out and took the Jesus Fest sign, like the banner and wore it around him on stage. I was like, man, oh was so man. but it was funny. He, he put, I made him put it back. I'm like, I don't want my, that's venue nice of because yeah. of that, but yeah, um, But yeah, I just, that, whenever I first booked you on here too, I was like, that's the one thing that sticks out to me about your band was remembering that I booked you with like a a Christian band. And I know that like, it was kind of, the show went really well though.
3: Yeah. I like, they were nice dudes too. mm -hmm. I've lost track of them Mm -hmm. since, but yeah, they were, they were nice dudes. And I do, I do tend to joke a good bit about like Satanism and stuff like that. (laughs) And uh, I think sometimes people take it the wrong way. Yeah. I uh, was really I don't really care all that much, but I just I find it a very amusing for the same reason that I like Jar Jar Binks as the greatest <laughs> Star Wars character that was ever created. <laughs> I mean, that's just common knowledge, that's right? It's gonna
1: hit a lot <laughs> of people.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you posted something the other day, didn't you? Like you
1: were next to a standee of Jar Jar Binks.
3: Yeah, I tried to buy it. Like, did you <laughs> Yeah a fucking dude would not sell it to me. I was like, I was like, how much for this? Name your price. He was like, I'm not selling it. I think he, I think he's like me. He probably just enjoyed that. That it probably bothered people walking in the shop, <laughs> seeing it. Like, yeah. you know, he probably, you know, because I, I like that a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I tease my Star Wars friends. That's how it all started. It was just like teasing Star Wars friends because, like, I'm a Star Wars fan. But mm-hmm. people get really bent out of shape about, oh yeah, Star Wars, or, or Star Wars, and Wars so, lore, and all uh, that stuff. Like, I love Star Wars, but
1: I try to talk about it with my band. And Jake and Marshall both like I mean they, they read all the books and everything. They're like so deep. Marshall in can read? Yeah, I think so. He might have to have his son read to him. Oh okay. but um That's fair. But but it's like I'm not that deep into it. Like I don't I don't study the lore or
3: anything. I've like gone that. pretty deep. I've got some books. Have you? Yeah, I've got some books. I might even have a couple of lightsabers at home.
1: I mean the lightsaber. I think everybody especially growing So up. no lie. Hold on. I'm gonna interrupt you here. <laughs> no, you're so you're no good. lie.
4: Yesterday, I was doing what I thought was possibly the most nerdy thing that you could ever do, conceivably. We and played that B&D is, a lot. So, are, are you familiar with a Grom? No. Okay. So, a Honda Grom is like a little tiny motorcycle. It's like 125cc, yeah. not very big at all. Um, it
1: looks just like a cross rocket, but really for, small. For kids. Like, re- like. like when I sit on it, <laughs> not, it's not like, like the little tiny ones, but
4: like, like you know, it, okay. when, but, it, it weighs the same amount that I do. Like okay. it's it's very 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 small and i look super comical on it i have a big uh milk crate on the back of it <laughs> so it, just, it looks ridiculous and i have a little phone mount that i got so that i could mount my phone to my handlebars and i was riding through fairmont yesterday with my wife we were actually going to puffer Bellies to get food and i was like yo i want to stop and get some pokestops for pokemon go because there's like a special research that i'm trying to get and She's making fun of me, like as I'm pulling over to these stops and like spinning the stops and catching the Pokemon, and she's like, "You look like such a fucking nerd." And then, uh, which she plays too, but (laughs) so I'm like, "Yo, I want to run through Palatine because if nobody knows, Palatine Park has like eight different Pokestops in it." Yeah, I used to do the rounds. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah. So I'm rolling through Palatine to to hit all the stops, and I shit you not, down in Palatine Park, there's like a dozen people down there doing lightsaber battles i so and i was discussion. like wow you guys one-upped me like i really <laughs> thought i was gonna be the most ridiculous looking person out here today and it's like holy shit i actually went down and did that with them a couple of times <laughs>
3: yeah
4: oh uh, i mean it looks so much fucking fun but i you i like i can't even tell you how bewildered i was because like for people that don't know the lightsabers went. no they oh, weren't okay. lit up they weren't lit up so well, that, I think that yeah. made it even more <laughs> ridiculous was that they weren't lit up. So it's just these huge white lightsabers that they're fighting with. And it, I honestly, at first, thought they were fighting with pool noodles, until I stopped and looked, and I was like, "Those are lightsabers." <laughs> okay.
1: Well, isn't yeah. it becoming like a like an actual sport in some countries now, where they actually have like
4: I think there's like duels? competitive,
3: yeah, yeah. like there's almost a, like competitive
4: gaming. Like yeah, there's a big battles.
3: scene for it in New York. In New York, yeah. Uh, I was I really I wanted to be into it because I did martial arts for many years, mm-hmm. uh, but there I think that group is more inclined to do like like theatrical things and like you know like performances for kids and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I really I just wanted to fight somebody.
4: Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but they are yeah, they're all pretty nice. A lot people. of the people doing it were younger. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it looked like they were being like trained.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You gotta you gotta learn all your forms. There's yeah. seven forms. Uh the Suresu, Ataru, what are all Vipod? I'm trying to remember I actually that just got schooled on this yeah.
4: by a coworker because <laughs> he was explaining to me why like Obi-Wan is one of the most He's like, the best. powerful lightsaber duelists form because two. he uses form two. Yeah. yeah. I didn't but Jesus Christ, I didn't
1: know it was that deep. Oh like yeah. Like Count man. Dooku
3: uses Form One, right? Uh, or is it Form Four? Form four for Count Dooku. Yeah, form four. form one. Might be Anakin. Somebody, somebody is going to listen and be like, "He's full of shit." He <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think, I think Duku is form four. That, yeah. that fencing style. Yeah. yeah.
1: I knew that there was like a lot of backstory and lore to Star Wars, but I didn't know like it came down to like different forms of like you know training for you know lightsaber. Like,
3: yeah, it's crazy. There's a really cool book. Uh, it's like it, it's like after Episode two and before Episode three, and it's like there's a little encounter between Yoda and Count Duku Uh, because, you know, at one time, of course, everybody was Yoda's student, and I I remember reading it, and, well, no, I don't even want to say in case somebody decides to read the book, so, (laughs) but I, like, Yoda says this line, and I I started to cry for just a minute, because he says it to Count Dooku, and just Mm. like, Really hit me. Sorry.
1: So, before we get back on the topic of your band, I want to oh, yeah. know your feelings about the new Star Wars movies that have been oh, coming man. out. Oh, man. I'm
3: so glad you asked this. Yeah, because like I,
1: have, I have my personal feelings about each of them. I do too. Like, but yeah. I want to know if they kind of line up with yours.
3: So, Force Awakens was fine. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Yeah, it was very derivative of the original trilogy mm-hmm. and all those everything bad that people say about it. It's true. But I thought it was fun. It left me feeling a little like empty, like not completely satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It made me actually miss the prequels, and everybody listening is going to hate that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Because there was something about the prequels, as much as like George Lucas had like bad dialogue at times and things, like I felt like his world building was so good. Like he was able to build these immersive worlds, and Mm -hmm. I don't feel like they captured that. Yeah. But they captured the fun for sure. Uh, Rogue One. I liked it. It was fine. Loved her. Uh, you know, had had a good soundtrack, everything. Yeah. Like, it was, like, not what I was expecting, and I liked that. Uh, Last Jedi, couldn't get into it. Really? Uh, I saw it twice. And that's, for me, that's, like, not very many times to see a Star yeah. Wars movie. I saw it once on opening night in my Star Wars costume. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then I saw it one more time in the theater and I just like, I wasn't one of those people that were like, oh, it's an awful movie. And this like, it just, I felt like there was some stuff in it that just wasn't, wasn't doing it for me. Um, it just kind of left me like, really? Um, but I, I'm not, I don't completely hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Solo, I felt like was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some folks didn't like that. I love the ending of Solo, which I won't spoil I haven't haven't even seen it okay well and I definitely won't spoil it Uh, (laughs) but I just in general I feel like it's fine but I it's for whatever reason and I don't know if it's nostalgia makes me miss those prequels man I like I and I so that's part of the reason why the whole like Jar Jar thing I started joking about with my (laughs) friends and stuff too you know because I was partially serious in a way because like you know that's a little comforting to me to see this horrible character that everybody hates and it's like well (laughs) you know disney hasn't done anything that's like been that amazing to me Mm -hmm. compared to to that i mean i know you know the acting performances are better and and that kind of thing but i don't know did i give you a long-winded answer oh no
1: that was that was good like i i honestly wasn't a fan of solo um i thought it was like it, it, it might have been like the nostalgia thing like you grow up like and you you you're watching Han Solo, you know, you're watching him, you know, and then, you know, like, uh, the force awakens, you know, all that, you know, where he's older. Um, but I don't care how he met Chewie. Like, I don't care how Chewie got his gun. I don't care how they got, you know, I thought the whole, you know, the, I've heard it was a lot of fan service. I was was, just going to say that. yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the whole, what the, Fucking
4: how he got his vest, and
1: yeah, just everything. It was just like, I don't need to know this stuff, I don't need to watch you, you know,
4: fly the Millennium Falcon, leave some mystique.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's almost like you take this character who, you know, and everybody's got that, like, you know, maybe backstory mindset to it, and then you actually put it in film form, and it's just like almost like a letdown, you know?
3: No, I'm I'm with you. Uh, so what bothers me is like when some folks are like totally trash the prequels, and then mm -hmm. they'll like praise these other. (laughs) Movies, I'm like really. If you think about it, you know, if you weigh out the pros and cons, I really don't think that they're that much that one is really that much better than the yeah. other. I would I would lean towards the prequels being mm-hmm. a little bit better overall. But
1: yeah, the the Kessel Run in Solo really kind of because that was like the biggest thing. It's like the the Kessel Run. It's did
3: like, you feel a little like eh about yeah,
1: it? Yeah, it was just like it was kind of you know it was, it was cool. Yeah, like th- thanks for ruining that whole you know mystique about it. You know, <laughs> like but.
3: I really, if they're going to do anything, I want like an Obi Wan movie with Ewan McGregor.
1: Oh,
3: man. Uh, you know, that like have be... it take place between episode three and A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Anytime during that period, I feel like, you know, he's at an age where they could go any direction with it. Like mm-hmm. that's what I would want them to do. But mm-hmm. I See, I, I've always wanted to know. So I'll, I'll jump in here and tell you. Um,
4: I loved Last Jedi. I think it's it's probably my second favorite, mm-hmm. um, and I'm biased because for me, growing up, the first Star Wars movie that I ever saw was Phantom Menace, and I still think that's my
3: favorite Star Wars movie. Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Oh, dude, if I, it makes me just want to come over and hug you, all <laughs> all <laughs> and I'll me tell so you like why. that. I'll tell you why. so,
4: so like I that. had never. So it wasn't the first Star Wars movie that I had ever seen. You know, I had watched bits and pieces of the first Star Wars movie, but it was the first one that I ever, like, sat down, watched all the way through, and, like, you know, enjoyed. I'll put it that way. Um, I think I was too young prior to Phantom Menace coming out to really be able to sit through the original Star Wars movies because they were old. I mean, the effects looked terrible. The acting was awful. Like, it just wasn't cool to me. Um, And what I loved about Phantom Menace... As a kid, was the lightsaber battle and Darth Maul. You know, I yeah. thought Darth Maul was an excellent villain. And you haven't seen Solo? And the no, I haven't seen Solo. You gotta see Solo. You Gotta see Solo. Okay, um, but Which the that, lightsaber that confused me
1: by the way because I didn't know the backstory yeah. behind everything. But continue. Sorry.
4: <laughs> so, so the lightsaber battle and the soundtrack and everything just blew me away mm. from Phantom Menace. It was just so awesome. And then growing up. Um, You know, now I still hold firm that I think that that is one of my favorites because throughout the prequels and the originals, Obi-Wan is an integral character to the story. I mean, he influences so much that happens. And Darth Vader is also an Anakin, uh, a, a very, 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 very integral character into the story. I mean, with Luke and you think about all the, you know, repercussions of his actions and everything and getting to see that story arc play out between you know Obi Wan, where they introduce him as a Padawan, and he's reluctant to take on this this youngling, and Qui Gon Jinn convinces mm-hmm. him to. After Darth Maul kills him in this epic battle, you know, and then you get to watch as Anakin is slowly pulled into the dark side, and mm-hmm. as Obi Wan tries to ignore it and tries to steer him in the right direction, and does everything he can out of obligation to Qui Gon, and fails ultimately. And it's just such a heart wrenching story arc. I man, I agree one hundred percent. And yeah, the acting was bad. Hayden Christensen sucked. Sure, you know, <laughs> but you some know of what? the dialogue was bad. But the originals were awful. Yeah,
3: I don't even <laughs> like, <laughs> know if I don't think Hayden Christensen sucked. I think that the stuff he was given and the direction he was given sucked. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's there probably was definitely a failure actor. on multiple levels. Uh, you but know? I love when people start like trashing the prequels. I'm like, you can't because no matter what you say. We got young Obi Wan, we got Qui Gon Jinn, and we got Darth Maul. And yeah. Those are all awesome characters.
4: And I thought, right? I mean, I thought General Grievous was sweet. I thought I love Clone Count Wars Dooku. was awesome. Mm-hmm. Count Dooku was sick. You finally get to see Yoda in action. And a, a lot of people complained that the prequels were too campy, but it's like the original movies were campy. Yeah, they totally mm-hmm. that were. That was why people liked it. Like, it's not supposed to be all grown up and mature. Now, mm-hmm going back to what i was originally saying about last jedi now i kind of agree with you where force awakens i really enjoyed it but it you know it was just okay you know i saw it there was nothing wrong with it the action sequences are great um you know i i really do like how you know finn the the aspect of him and then ray and like you know, they kind of leave it open-ended where it's like, is Finn a Jedi too? Like, you know, and there's, you, you know, you're kind of trying to figure out where they're going with it. Um, but I loved Last Jedi because what I really, really, really loved about Last Jedi was that, and spoiler alert here, if, if anybody has not seen Force Awakens <laughs> or Last Jedi, just, I don't know, skip five minutes ahead from here. Um, but, you know, you lose Han in the first movie. And then in the second movie, you know, we lose Leia and then Luke. And I feel like. We didn't really lose Leia in the second movie. Well, we did. We knew that we were we lost, lose going to her. Yeah. We lost so, yeah. her.
1: Yeah. Her as a, yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. 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 Um, and so I feel like they're finally. Because with the prequels, I think part of why the prequels maybe weren't as good as they could have been is they were trying too hard. To satisfy the fans of the first series, and I don't mm. think that they focused enough on just making the prequels. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I loved with the Last Jedi that to me, that movie signified throw out the old. Yeah, we're moving on. Yeah. You know, we're moving on to bigger and better things. But
3: and I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah, and I wasn't one of those like I know there was like some like some kind of like bullying to the to the lady that played the character of Rose. Yeah. Mm. I don't care about her character. Like she didn't make me mad, but the whole arc with her and Finn going on that yes. journey. So that I, I was just I about didn't to like say. That I was just at about all. to say.
4: I could have done without that entire arc. Yeah. I like, felt like it didn't contribute to the story. Mm-hmm. I felt her like it was something just to added do for no
3: reason. With the main, yeah, with yeah. the main cast, yeah. I felt like, like would it, have been fine. It just seemed
4: unnecessary. Mm-hmm. But hands down. My favorite thing about that movie, and the reason why it's number two on my list, is that goddamn throne room. I was, scene. I was hoping you would Holy say. Holy shit, yeah. man! That was. It's what I loved about uh, the force. It's what. Uh, it's what I loved about Phantom Menace was that that fight with. Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and Darth Maul. I mean, it was tense and it was, you know, you're locked in and the 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 walls are open, or the doors are opening and closing and it's like, you know, he's this omnipotent presence throughout the whole movie and now he's here and it's like, you know, he's got this double bladed lightsaber and it just builds and then you've got Duel of the Fates blasting and it's just <laughs> amping you up, you know? And the Throne Room was the same way. It was, you know, these guards with their faces covered and then you've got kylo and his like brutal fighting style yeah. just fucking these dudes up mm-hmm. like oh man
3: i yeah, that loved was, it that to me i would watch just that scene from that movie oh yeah uh just because i love that but you know, like the stuff with finn and rose wasn't keen on that and i i'm fine that they killed luke but i, I kind of wish that they would have handled him a little differently i yeah. felt like they made him a few degrees too jaded
1: yeah, yeah, they uh, did. Uh, but It seemed almost childish to the point to where he was just like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Like, you know, not not so much about what had happened, but more like he just didn't want to do it. Like, but it was just
3: yeah. You know. You're making me want to watch Last Jedi for a third time. <laughs> yeah, so that's so that's <laughs> a good. Also, for, uh, I will say,
4: I think um, that movie had, in my opinion, one of the greatest cinematic moments ever. Which, again, if you haven't seen the movie, spoiler alert here, but uh, and I can't remember her name. Uh, from Jurassic Park. Oh, is it Laura
3: Linney or no? Um, not Laura, Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Yeah, Laura Dern. Um, She's wait, in Twin Peaks, is it Laura Dern? I'm pretty sure. I don't know now. Yeah, I'm I, not think sure. I think I'll it's, it's Laura Dern because I think Laura Dern is in. Because um, she was Diane in Twin Peaks, or Laura, I shouldn't say maybe Laura Dern's you edit that in out. Uh, <laughs> um,
4: Ozark. She's the mom in Ozark, I think. Laura Linney or. I don't, I don't know. Here, you yeah. fact check us, and I'll I'll keep going. But you know who I'm talking about—the mm. commander. Yeah. When the, she Julian launches Moore? into that ship, and the theater just went dead silent. Oh no! Like, oh man, I got chills. Yeah, like thinking about that. No, you're right. Like,
1: Laura, Laura Dern.
4: Okay. Yeah. I've never heard a movie theater that quiet before. God, yeah. She looks like shit in
1: real life, man. She's sorry. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <I was> down, <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, she
1: doesn't, doesn't look that good.
4: <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean that. That part, yeah, looks like her, that's, yeah, that's that's that a uh picture, maybe. I'm used to seeing the pink hair, <laughs>
1: yeah, I know yeah, that
3: scene just man, <laughs> like, wow, that just whew. it did it held some it good moments, yeah. I, I wish that's why I wish that they would have just given Ryan Johnson like his own trilogy,, mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're gonna do that now, I that think they're actually they're,
1: bringing back um j. j. Abrams for the third.
3: Yes, um, definitely. Are, yeah. You know. But they had originally talked about like a separate trilogy to give him that was mm-hmm. like not related to this. And I kind of wish they would have done that. Yeah. But who knows what they're going to do. I just like, I, I don't like whenever they take a movie
1: and have like a director for this one. And it's like, oh, it's going to, we're going to have another director for this one. It's like, because to me, it almost was like J.J. Abrams had these things set in place to happen. And, um, the last Jedi. And then the next director just kind of took it and shat on it. Um, you know, like, um, what's the, uh, and I always forget her name, the, uh, the stormtrooper, the silver. Oh, Phasma. Uh, oh, Phasma. They built her up so much in the promotion of the first one. And then she just spoiler alert, she dies. And yeah. this one just like, not even like in, like a cool way. It's
4: just, you know, I will be more upset though. So it, it will, I'll be upset if she never resurfaces yeah. because of that reason, because yeah. like they built her up, like essentially like a Boba Fett character. Yeah. She was like you this know? big and I mean, then, she was like
1: the face of it, you know, almost like she's on all the like yeah. the, the promo, like the cups. And And stuff. I mean, if you, over there, if you, if you think
4: know? about it, you know, in the originals, you had Boba Fett mm-hmm. in that, you know, iconic battle with Luke on the ship at, in the Sarlacc pit. Mm-hmm. And then with Django, you know, the beheading by, uh, Mace Windu, and then his head rolls to the yeah. feet of Boba <laughs> Fett. And it's just like, you know, that's an iconic scene, too. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. with Phasma, it's just like, well, okay, she's dead. Yep. Like, and nothing else happens. But I'll be more upset if we don't see anything else from Snoke. Like, if he's really just dead and he's gone, oh, yeah, like, that was I'm going to really, be uh, really uh, butthurt because big letdown. he mm-hmm. was such a cool character. And there was so much hype coming out of, um, you know, episode seven about. Who he was and you know, is he Plagueis? Is he, you know, is he Vader? Is he the Emperor? Like who could he possibly be? You know, and it's like if if we don't get more out of that, if he's really just a you know, weird dude with a facial scar that's super powerful and got killed, like and then that's it, like I'm gonna be really, really disappointed. And they better not pull some Iron Man shit and Mandarin him. Because if they do, I'm also going to be really (laughs) buttered. Because that was a terrible uh, story arc as well. Yeah. Iron Man's biggest nemesis just being some idiot who's drunk all the time. Mm -hmm. Ridiculous. Sorry. No. I'm I'm glad that we had... I'm glad we talked
1: about (laughs) this. I I wasn't (laughs) expecting that. It just
3: makes me very happy. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's
1: like I said, we talk about whatever, you know. So anyway, your music. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So is this this, um, the... The Great Repression, is this the newest?
3: It's um it is the almost newest. It's the newest. So like the way that Black Hole's Ion operates, it's like sometimes it's stuff that I do by myself that's just like maybe noisy or ambient or weird. And then sometimes it's like, all right, these are like songs and these are like this is like a rock album. So that's the most recent like rock album. Mm -hmm. We did, or we I the we and the I are fluid. Uh, sometimes, but, uh, so the, the thing we put out last was, um, I did a soundtrack for a video game. And okay. so I released that and it's all instrumental music, just like, you know, electronic, uh, stuff. And I, I mean, I'm happy with it or I wouldn't have put it out, yeah, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> so it's not like. It's not the stuff that we play live like last night we played and you know we played a good bit off that album we played some new tunes that we're working on mm-hmm. uh, but so I don't know so that's in that paradigm in that alternate timeline of black holes ion that's the most recent album
1: okay <laughs> so you said you did a Soundtrack for a video game. Like was it what what video game was it? It
3: was called Stunt Runner. Stunt Runner. And it's like a physics puzzler game and you, you play as this stuntman. Well, you don't even play as a stuntman, you kind of play as the director that's giving him a, a, a comeback. He was yeah. you know washed up stunt man from the eighties. And so it's very much like a lot of the music is like eighties inspired, but it's in modern times. Mm-hmm. It's really a cartoony looking game. Hmm. And so you set up scenes for the character to, like, run through to completion. So uh, I did the score for that. And it came out on the – the dudes that did the game, they did a really good job with the physics and everything. They put it out on this service uh, called Jump, which was, like, their proprietary system. And they could have put it out on the consoles, and they didn't because they really wanted to put everything into their proprietary service. And Mm -hmm. it's, like, a streaming, like, Netflix of games kind of thing. And I don't know what's happening with it right now. Like, you can go on and play the game and stuff, but, like, I haven't heard anything from a lot from them for a while. Hmm. So I don't know what's going on with the service. So that that was for that soundtrack. I was like, well, I still want more people to hear it, even if they're not going to do a console-wide release. So that's why I released the soundtrack. And then over the summer, I think it was this summer. Yeah, over the summer, uh, the song off of that album got used the song 8 bit rage got used in a video oh, game what a name uh, thanks i <laughs> love that name uh, it got used in a game called Mutant Football League Dynasty Edition and that, that one, sounds awesome that one that's a, that's a it's a cool that's a really cool game uh, and that did come out on all the consoles like i'm playing it on ps4 uh, it came out on the Switch, the Xbox One, and oh, Steam. Nice. So that they used a song off there for that game. So we're like the theme music for the team, the Crack Some Skull Juggulars. Uh, <laughs> so, of course, now that's my favorite team. That's like oh, the best yeah, team. Yeah. I'm like, well, they've got my song, man. Yeah, like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> How do you get like, I mean, do you just send your music God. out there to people? Or do you, do you work with somebody that's specifically... Uh, works like in the video game industry.
3: So I, for me, it's always just been like just fallen into something. Cause I'm not really good about like, I'm not one of those people that's really good about like promoting mm-hmm. our stuff or yeah. anything <laughs> like that. And I don't like, I tend not to bug people. Like, I think I sent you all a message about doing this and then mm-hmm. like, you know it was like months later and then we talked about it again. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just, I'm not one of those people that likes to bug uh, for whatever reason, I was like, well, if it's meant to happen, you know, I'll just keep doing music. But with that game is our guitar player at the time knew somebody and they were looking for music for this game. And uh, he was like, we well, you should, you know, you should send him one of the Black Hole's Island tunes. And he was messaging me. And I, I'm one of those people, a lot of times when I go to sleep, I turn my phone off. Mm-hmm. And I guess he had been messaging me all night like, Hey, I need to know if I can send them this track. You know, they they want it by you know, you know, by tonight or whatever eleven PM Pacific time. And I wasn't answering, and he was like, "Well, I hope this is okay, but I went ahead and sent him your track." <laughs> and uh, I woke up in the morning. I was like, "Hey, that's absolutely fine, you know." And then I wasn't sure if they, you know, if they were going to pick it, but they ended up picking it. And yeah. there were not very many. Uh, we're the only. I think we're like the only really heavy band hmm. on there, and we're the only, not the only, but we're one of the few that they didn't do the music in house for. Oh, that- uh, so it's cool, and it's yeah. it's a bonus that I like actually like the game it's yeah. fun to play so. <laughs> that's really cool yeah but yeah. so like it's just it just tends to be like just stuff happening uh, for me I don't know
1: <laughs> and then the other the other game that you said you wrote the full soundtrack for mm-hmm. um, was it kind of the same way or did they, they did it specifically come to you to do the full soundtrack so
3: that them? no that one I came to them uh, and a, a friend told me about it like they originally they had like a Kickstarter going for the game. And somebody I knew that was like, "Oh, hey, you should talk to them. They don't, they don't, they don't have music. You should talk to them about doing music." And I, you know, I reached out to them about it, and they were originally kind of like, "Eh, what's your angle here?" kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, uh, I like, nothing. I just like the game. Somebody, you know, it looked cool. Somebody told me that I, you know, that I should talk to you. And so, yeah, I'd like to do it. And so then, like. Uh, I said, well, let's do this. I, I don't know why they maybe because I messaged them through Kickstarter or something. Mm. Uh, I was like, well, let me just do a tune for it. And then if you don't want to use it, then that's fine. It's no big deal. And then I, I sent them something they're like, oh, actually this really does work. This is perfect. Yeah, yeah, let's let's do it. And then so we just you know just did the whole game. But <laughs> that was weird because it's like in that in the case of the eight-bit rage, it was like the song was done. Yeah and they just you know I sent them a couple of versions of it like in different I sent them like a 24 bit unmastered version mm-hmm. and a mastered version. But with the game it was like, all right now how are we gonna do this so that when people play the game, it's not so repetitive and there there's scripting software and stuff that you can use to trigger layers of loops but they were they were running in a game engine called Unity and they didn't want to go full on on the audio programming side so i ended up like writing the stuff in such a way that it worked if you listened to it from start to finish but also like i found ways to break it up into like meaningful chunks mm-hmm. that weren't super repetitive and we would randomly trigger certain chunks for like different parts of the level so it was almost like huh. the soundtrack like the music got remixed as you played it they would like kick different parts of it in yeah. while you were playing so that's pretty cool yeah. so that was fun and uh that was a, you know the first real game that i have, had ever done mm-hmm. i worked on another one a year and a half ago at this uh game jam in pittsburgh and it was supposed to be uh like a horror I, I guess a survival horror. I, I just say that, uh, but it was for the Oculus Rift, and then it just kind of went nowhere. So I've got oh. like all this music, and they just never finished the game. Uh, I mean, it's hard. It's hard work. So oh, I yeah. can understand why mm. nobody wanted to finish it. So I've got all this music that I wrote for this horror game that I'm probably gonna uh, put out in a in some other format. And mm. then if they end up going back to the game and finishing it, then I'll, oh you know if they could still use still it still use but, it yeah you know. and that's something you were
1: specifically for that game
3: yeah yeah we 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 had like 48 or 72 hours to do it it was like we had the concept and then sure. so it was like just like me i was the only audio person and it was just like staying up you know staying up all night long sleeping for a couple of hours it's like you get really creative when you f- are forced to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was just like me just grinding on stuff mm-hmm. and just like, well, let's try this batshit crazy idea and see if yeah. it works. And so that was, it was fun. I would like to do that again, but it, I mean like, you know, it's a time hmm. commitment when you have a million other things going on. So, So do they, for that one
1: i mean for the oculus did they give you obviously you need to know like the setting like did they send you like clips of the game obviously to work off of or
3: no this was oh, so shit. it was a thing called a game jam and so like we literally like built the game from the ground up in a weekend oh, oh uh, shit. so okay. it was like basically it was like an alpha maybe you know that's what maybe would be an appropriate thing to to mm-hmm. call it so we just had a, a team and so you know we had a whiteboard and we talked about the idea for the game and, you know, we had some sketches and then like, you know, there was a group of visual artists working a group of coders. And then me is the only audio person. So I had to do music, sound effects. And then we recorded some dialogue all in the span of like three days. And oh was, shit. Yeah. It was crazy. Damn. Uh, That's insane. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really wish that it would, you know, they would have continued to work on it, but you know, yeah. I'm sorry you have got seven or eight people that, you know, don't necessarily all hang out all the time. So yeah, yeah. But it was a good Definitely experience. Difficult. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: um, are you guys working on? Because this this album, um, the Great uh, Repression, came out in 2017. Yes, sir. Are you guys working on some new stuff right now? Yes. I said you said you played some new
3: new. Yeah, tunes we played two new songs last night, and I've got, or we, uh, I've got probably like five or six more that are kind of done we just haven't like played them together as a group uh we've just demoed them out Mm -hmm. uh so we're just like slowly gonna start adding them uh into this set but the idea is like either it's either gonna be a full album or it's gonna be two eps okay because um so i know you know music i don't know what how much you've no. very little okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like half of the songs are kind of I don't want to say poppy but uh, comparatively speaking are a little poppier they're like major keys yeah uh, kind of thing and the other half are like there's a lot of like tritone like flat fifths and stuff mm-hmm. and like a little more sinister sounding and yeah. so like I don't know if it's I, I don't know yet if we want to go and like arrange them all on one album together or, or two separate EPs where it's very clear. But yeah. there's an underlying story for for it all, so it would so it really makes sense to kind of put it on one mm-hmm. album. Uh, I think so. I think
1: if, I mean something like that would be kind of cool. Actually, having two separate albums with like. Like obviously, like the dark side, the light side. Almost. That's and that's you know exactly it what cool? it is. Like, yeah, you know, different artwork, but it's it's all intertwined. Yeah, you know. I think it, that's actually that would be
3: really cool. So that's where that's where we're at right now yeah. as we pr- kind of progress through these. But it's like so like that's a concept album because I'm of course a nerd and yeah. everything has to have a backstory. And, yeah, uh, and, and everything. Uh, and so this one is very much the same way. Uh, it's very it's influenced a lot by like uh the the classical music piece the planets mm-hmm. and so there's like a song who was that gustav gustav Holtz, Holtz, yeah yep. uh there's like s- mars
4: is my favorite sorry
3: yeah no that's all right. actually yeah. we played last night that was a, like our best reaction we got we played a song called witches of mars uh that uh, that's very much kind of like a major key it's a little more of like a i don't know I want to say boogie but it's a little <clears throat> uh, a little more upbeat uh but there's a song for each planet and uh, there's a song for the Sun as well uh, and yes Pluto does count as a planet on, <laughs> in, our, in our version uh, we will either make some people really mad or some people really happy uh, but there's the idea is a, a song for each planet so, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a whole uh, I don't know do you want to talk about it
1: or I mean we can I think I, Jet, I think you've actually were the one who showed me those on YouTube I believe.
4: The original works, the classical? Yeah, the works. classical ones, yeah. 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 It doesn't sound like did, that.
3: He only did seven, though, yeah. I think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we're, we're doing them all. Uh, and it's it doesn't sound like that at all. Mm-hmm. It's like rock, metal, you know. Yeah. And we get that industrial label put on us a lot, which I'm fine with. Uh, just because we use electronics, but I don't really listen to a ton of industrial. I mean, like I know like the popular stuff, mm-hmm. but like I heard my second romstein song the other day. I, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so it's like it's uh, you know it doesn't sound like classical music, but mm-hmm. that that's the idea. Is there's a, a concept running through. That's a, like a few layers deep, and the the surface level idea is. Uh, you have this faction on Mars and this faction on Jupiter that uh they're kind of trying to unite some of the other planets uh to basically destroy the sun and replace it uh with the you know something new in the solar system and you know realign all the order of the the planets and kind of change the whole paradigm out so hmm. I don't know, so I'm just into that kind of
4: hmm.
3: nerdy stuff yeah so, That's so really what about?
4: What about this one, The Great Repression? What's the backstory with this one?
3: So that one, uh, when you talked about stages of grief earlier, mm-hmm. and a friend of mine who happens to work in the mental health field, uh, he was just talking to me about it one day. We were, we were driving back from a trip, and yeah, you know, he was asking me questions about it, and he said, "Well, you know, it really—it seems like the way you have this laid out is stages of grief." Once I explained it to him, and i, I didn't think of it that way, but in retrospect, he's right. Uh, so that's kind of a combination of some real life experiences that I had, and some, you know, like some fantasy sci-fi, because I, I think of that as like sci-fi metal. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's a combination of stuff that really happened and stuff that that didn't happen. Um, but it's the, the idea is like you stumble upon this great power and and you, you know, you try to develop that and you think you're gonna what was that?
1: It's a car horn. It's a car horn. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and you you think you're gonna use that to you know, to do some good things and to help people and then you realize like as you try to branch out and do that, that like some things are too far gone. And you know something oh, I can hear it now <laughs> some 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 things are too far gone, and some some people are just genuinely bad, and it kind of like poisons you. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when you know you make contact with that and it's like flowing through the webway back to you, and just that mm-hmm. shock of like, oh, you know, things are you know worse than I've realized, um, it kind of shuts down that power source in a way and it you know scars you in here and so that's like the first two tracks of the album are that's like that you know oh you know this limitless universe and then all of a sudden oh you know i touched this thing and i you know the weight of reality has kind of sunken in and everything is a letdown and then so then i'm mad Mm -hmm. uh and there's a, a lot of being angry um just talk about like time travel in their astral projection transdimensional teleportation and all, all this stuff so at one point um i don't know uh am, am, I, am I talking too much about it no, oh, no, no. okay no, no, all right so maybe i'll just Sorry. go yeah uh so uh but you know so the the second track is like that's that anger and that realization it's called the letdown because it's just literally just being let down by the weight of reality mm-hmm. and so that's just an Angry, angry metal track. The third track, 8-Bit Rage, is like, all right, you know, still, still angry. Uh-uh. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's thinking about that. And, you know, as that kind of brews and develops, like, do you, do you maybe develop another personality inside of you? You know, like, it's literally like me talking to myself mm-hmm. about, you know, about these things and just thinking about, like, how, you know, like, how crude that emotion becomes. And it's, it's also a little tongue-in-cheek because it's like, like the line in the song is like, I don't want the end of the world. No, I want the end of the universe. It's, so it's very tongue-in-cheek, like, mm-hmm. well, how, how angry can you be? You know? yeah. uh, but but mm-hmm. it's also in a way it's like that's the only way that you think that you can actually change things. It's just like we're all too far gone here, so it's time to like dimension hop. Mm-hmm. basically yeah. into an alternate timeline. So I know this is really dorky. Uh, I know it's cool. No, I, I love shit like this. So. Um, so This equation is null. It's again, it's that quest, you know, searching. It's like, where do I start? Where do I end? You know, because it, ultimately it, I'm nothing in the grand scheme of things. And, no, you know, one one person is simultaneously nothing and everything. And, you know, if I kill myself, in one timeline, what happens to me in this alternate timeline? Like, you know, how does that impact you? Know, that's that's like the realization that okay, well, yeah, you can, you can, you know, maybe you you could destroy everything, but what happens to all those alternate realities when you do that? Because even if you think they're not interlinked, that they are. Um, the the utterly dismal theorem uh, should I should I just be going through these like this why not to, yeah. yeah okay yeah. that's the
1: one that stuck out to me because of the length of the uh,
3: yeah that's the track the, name the, that's <laughs> the shortest song title ever the utterly dismal theorem and the formation of a new universe that was me just to be deliberately being a being, shit
1: being an asshole. yeah
3: uh, <laughs> I was like how what's the, how how can I have a really long uh, song title but yeah you know, that that's again it's like you know you're coming to that realization of like all right you know you you can't necessarily always succeed you know and the the world isn't necessarily designed to maybe progress on the level that you want it to and there has to be some type of equilibrium and this slow change and so like and you get frustrated with that and so you think all right well you know things aren't changing at the Pace that I want, so I'm just I'm out, I'm done, and that's not really the productive way uh, to go. You know, to go about things. Um, All American Violation—that's just an angry, like punk metal uh, track, and that's probably the most political song mm-hmm. on the album. Uh, and I, I mean, I have some pretty strong political beliefs, but uh, it's not necessarily trying to take a stance towards like one particular person or 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 another. It's just the way that the you know the regular person seems to be manipulated as both a, a consumer and you know just a, a cog uh, mm-hmm. in the in the wheel. And I, I say this as somebody that collects lightsabers and warhammer stuff, so I know <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a hypocrite when I say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when we get to secrets of time travel, uh, that's uh, that's again that's like this. Um, I guess the maybe the. Bargaining stage uh, of the of the stages of, of grief, uh, and so the idea is, all right. So, what if I can travel through space and time, or or what if I can hop between alternate timelines? You know, <clears throat> what is that really going to make it make a difference? And so, like in a moment of desperation, this fella is watching an infomercial, and he sees a guy on there. Uh and he, he calls himself doctor. He he legally changed his name to Doctor, uh, mm. because you know, you can't call yourself a doctor uh, if you're not really a doctor. <laughs> yeah. And so he's you know, he's he's on you know he's on television, on the internet, and he's selling this idea of like, I can teach you the secrets of time travel, you know. Call in now. And so this character goes to him kind of hoping, you know, that he's that he's, he's gonna teach him these these great secrets of time travel. And what he finds is that uh, for whatever reason, he becomes an apprentice to this guy. And he's lobotomizing people uh, with their consent uh, to make them think that they have traveled through time and space. And so like... This character is helping the doctor lobotomize these people, and so he, you know, he realizes obviously that this wasn't, you know, this person wasn't some grand messiah that was going yeah. to aid them in any any way, shape, or form. He was just another sham artist, uh, and so you know, it's 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 not about you know, it wasn't about any special power ability. It was literally just cutting out pieces of their brains, uh, and you know tricking, tricking yeah, folks tricking, uh, yeah. and, you know, was somehow able to do it legally. Uh, <laughs> trapped in the center of an unstable <clears throat> loop, we're starting to mm-hmm. get to that stage of acceptance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that idea of like, all right, you know, everything's interconnected. Uh, you know, how are... Are you fueling yourself by, you know, are you fueling yourself in one timeline by killing yourself in another? And uh, I don't know, that, that one maybe I don't want to talk about too much. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that, one, that one's hard for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, transdimensional stellar autopsy, that's, we just did a video for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one's most certainly the acceptance of everything. It's like nothing matters, everything matters. Yeah, you you know you can feel this in that way about it, and of course you need to act on it because you're a person. But in the end, you also kind of just have to laugh about it. So well, nothing matters, uh, you know. So, uh, so that's that's the rundown on the record. I've never really given anybody uh, that that when I was being recorded. So I don't know. <laughs> so I, I want to do something. So I, I feel like we
4: have similar tastes based on our Phantom Menace preferences, yeah. and also just listening to you describe that. So generally. Uh what I would do at this point whenever we interview bands or artists. Yeah, go pee. Um, is I would generally ask you to describe your style of music using famous artists or famous uh actors and actresses. Ooh. But instead, I'm gonna throw a couple things out there that I got since you just described a whole album. Yeah, I wanna give you my feel on it okay all right and then you can let me know if i've hit the mark here okay all right so i'm getting and and i love this because like these are these are uh it's three of my favorite cinematic characters okay slash movies all right and tv shows i'm digging where you're going with this um so in the in the first
3: couple songs i get a lot of dr manhattan the, I, I love that graphic novel yeah uh i would be lying if i said that that didn't impact me as a person yeah uh that was it wasn't conscious but i can totally see that yep yeah the whole
4: concept of like you know the unlimited power and then it's like well nothing actually matters and like the negativity that comes with it i mean he puts himself onto another planet just to get away from all of the negativity yeah And, you know, the humanity and and all of that that he no longer feels connected to anymore. You know, he shuts himself off. And then I get a lot of Rick and Morty. So. uh, The the interdimensional, you know, (laughs) the time traveling and the whole, you know, interacting with other versions of yourself
3: and Uh, other dimensions and stuff. That. That was written before I had ever seen an episode of Rick and Morty, but I absolutely love, love, love that show. And I love Dan Harmon's stuff. I love Community. Community was amazing. Uh, So I would say so far, while those two might not have been like deliberate things, like Dr. Manhattan, I had obviously read Watchmen before. That wasn't necessarily on my conscious mind. Uh, hadn't seen Rick and Morty yet, but absolutely love it. Yeah. So so far, I think okay. we're, we're feeling and each other. This
4: one might be a hit or a miss because okay. this is kind of a controversial movie. Um, but I happen to love it. Um, Donnie Darko.
3: So again, <laughs> I, you're you're right on. That one wasn't on my conscious mind, but I love love yeah. love that movie, and I would I would definitely say that that's probably like. Part of yeah, how, like just, shaped my worldview. Yeah, in just a way. the
4: implications of like you know the multiple universes, and if what I do in this universe does it affect what happens in the other, and does that matter? Yeah. And
3: if it does matter, why? And if it doesn't
4: matter, why? And, yeah,
3: man, we're you know, yeah, we're on a, we're on a, la- a wavelength here. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I love 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 that movie, and actually, um, I was playing around with that. So that that tune, Mad World and mm-hmm. Donnie Darko mm-hmm. Gary Jules I listen to that especially the Gary Jules mm-hmm. version and I cry Yeah, like I just cry and uh, we're working up a cover of that Oh nice. Uh I don't know if I'll ever release it or anything because like the idea was like I was like gonna sing it cleanly yeah. and everything. But mm-hmm. I I absolutely love that movie. I love that song in that movie. The soundtrack in general is just so amazing. Like the head over heels
4: intro, mm-hmm. um, the notorious intro whenever they're when they're all showing up to school <laughs> yeah. and that comes mm-hmm. on, like ah, it's just great. Sometimes you know? I
3: question your commitment to sparkle motion.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and she was such a like a hateable
3: character. Like, oh man, yeah, I loved that movie. No, I, I mean, like, that those are all three things that I absolutely love. So yeah. I feel like that's, you know, definitely makes me up, you know, who I am as yeah. a person for sure. So now, uh, off topic, yeah. but
4: we were talking earlier before we started recording about Scott Pilgrim mm-hmm. and the pun that, you know, that I had seen a whole bunch. So, how many times have you seen Donnie Darko?
3: Um, maybe
4: like eight times, something like that. Do you remember Seth Rogen from that movie? No. Okay. So the two bullies, okay. There's the tall dude that kind of has the mullet. Yeah. With the dark hair that pulls the knife on him in the bathroom. Okay. The other heavier set one is Seth Rogen. Oh
3: my I god. Did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's Seth Rogen.
4: That I think that was his first movie that he was in.
3: Wow.
4: Yeah. Also, yeah. the little girl that speaks. So when Patrick Swayze is doing the the um when he comes in and he talks to all the students, mm-hmm. the episode where Donnie, or the, the episode, the scene where Donnie calls him the Antichrist, <laughs> um, the little girl that goes up there and talks about, like, uh, you know, she wants to be more confident or something. I can't remember what it is. But there's the little kid that says that he gets bullied. And then there's the little girl that says something I can't remember. That's Ashley Tisdale. That's
3: crazy. i heard that name yeah. in a
4: long time. <laughs>
3: Man. And, and then you, huh. then of course, I spin off into an alternate timeline and you say, you know, the Antichrist. And I immediately think of Michael Scott calling Toby the Antichrist. Back to
4: that. Everything comes back yeah. to the office. Yeah. It's like Kevin Bacon <laughs> Six
3: Degrees of the Office or Three <laughs> <I did. laughs> Degrees of the Office. What was the
4: reference that I tried to make? Oh, I tried to make a reference to the thing. The thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Weird drug play. None the of them got it yeah so there was a scene whenever we were playing D mm-hmm. and uh i'm trying to make a reference to so <laughs> <laughs> I, you know i won't give you too many details in case you do decide to listen to it but there's basically a scene where like we suspect that someone is not who they say they are yeah and we're trying to get them to show them the true their true selves and i was like dude it's the thing you know it's it's the thing with the blood and and they're like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "John Carpenter's the thing," you know. When they take the right. blood and they're like trying to figure out who's the alien, and they're just like, "What movie is this?" Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I was like super butt hurt. And then, like, not even five minutes later, <laughs> somebody made a fucking Tremors reference, and everyone got it. And I'm like, "Listen, I get it. Tremors is an awesome B sci-fi movie, but like, but the thing, how, is how do classic. you not get the
3: thing yeah. and you get Tremors? <laughs> like, there's a really good game based on the thing. Is it's, there it's called The Thing?"
1: I think I've actually seen gameplay... I'll watch a lot of... Um, I don't know if you know Cinemassacre on mm-hmm. YouTube. It is like the angry video game nerd.
3: Okay, he's been I know on that because yeah. I like his Bible <laughs> Adventures episode. <laughs> dude, that was... Dude, the Bible, Bible Adventures? adventures. Yeah. One of the of best Of course, that's, yeah. This game
1: sucks. I think on well, either that or he's got another one It's James and Mike Mondays where they just play through a game. But I've seen something on there where they've played the thing before
3: yeah it's fun we yeah. we have it at home and uh we're we're always trying to find people to play it with because it's mm-hmm. really fun to play when you uh one, one of my friends he's real good about like it just incites paranoia amongst the group because one person is the thing and you can't right? tell anybody and you just have to sabotage and so it's like no the thing. i do
4: know what you're talking about it's, I
3: have seen that. It's really fun. You play wow. against other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I should we should, I should bring it and we should play it sometime. That, yeah. I, I uh. actually think
4: Michael told
3: me about this game.
4: Did he? I think so. Yeah, cuz it's, really it's
3: like fun. you you play with however many people and you're in pairs, right? Um you well, you go out. Yeah, you do go out in pairs. Like yeah. you have a team but like you go out and do your missions yeah, in Yeah. And pairs. like one person is the alien
4: and they know that they're the alien. And Nobody else knows. Nobody else knows. And the whole idea is that there's like there's certain rules to it that make it to where, like you know, it it could be beneficial. I I don't remember exactly how it works, right? But but basically, like the person who's the alien is trying to convince everybody that somebody
3: else is the alien.
4: Yeah. Nobody wants to be the. Nobody wants for everyone to think
3: that they are the alien Mm -hmm. because then they lose, right? Well, you, yeah. I mean, you can, you can get. Mistreated by other players if yeah. they think you're the the thing. Uh, one dude that I played with actually it was it was kind of genius. Uh, he spent the whole game trying to help. So, you know, like to build up this goodwill amongst everybody yeah. mm. instead of like doing subtle things here and there. Like he's, he spent it trying to help almost the whole time. And then towards the end, he just wrecked everybody. <laughs> uh, it's it's a fun game, but it's hard because you've got to get with the right people to play it. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, you know, not everybody cares about the thing, although they should. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the greatest it's, it's, yeah, horror movies ever. Yeah, it's really, really fun. Uh, it's a really fun game. So
4: <laughs> Talking to you, Michael, Josh, Daniel, Ryan, <laughs> uh, you dicks. I just didn't
3: get the reference. Yeah, sorry. You got to watch the thing tonight. Too. It's the have to the most
4: iconic scene in the whole. I know movie. that I've seen it,
3: but
1: like you got to think. Okay, like, maybe grow, it's not
4: the most.
3: Iconic <laughs> growing scene
1: up, my movie. parents were like, "No, you can't do that." They wouldn't let me watch fucking Ninja Turtles, the cartoon. Like
4: yeah, I was growing. Really? up. Really?
1: Yeah. It was a very religious household. Okay. What do you, What do you think? So.
3: What do you think was the most iconic scene in that movie? Was it the stables? The head, oh, the I head think coming off. Be, it might be the stables. Anything with dogs freaks me out because mm. I love dogs and like yeah, yeah. So that's that probably mm. yeah that kind of stuff. That's gets, yeah.
1: Like I last night, I've I've started watching No Country for Old Men multiple times and I finally finished it last night. Oh really? And watched it all the way through. Good movie. Great movie. I didn't think that a movie without a soundtrack was going to be that intense. It was great. Cohen brothers, right? Um, I don't, I don't know who. I think it's Killing Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I'll fact check myself. Yeah. Um but whenever the dog was chasing him, he had to kill the dog. Like mm. I was just like, nah. Yeah, that, like, that uh, stuff
3: is that I would rather I would rather see a person get oh, yeah. killed in a movie. I'm fine with yep. that. Uh but the dog, mm. oh no, don't mm. yeah, don't I mean
1: watching it, you know, him shoot the dog, but then like seeing the the, the dead dog lay there that looked <laughs> obviously fake i was just like okay okay uh, yeah uh, (laughs) Yeah. coen brothers the coen brothers yep yeah that movie was poof
4: did you ever see the true grit remake
1: didn't we start watching
4: that no no i don't think so because they did uh they um, yeah so they're so they've done the big movies that they've done would be fargo the big lebowski no country for old men and true grit they just did one recently but
3: it's not listed on here never seen True Grit. Mm-mm.
4: No, Mm-mm, man. So true the OG Grit. one is true to my heart. My the first dog that I ever got, I named after John Wayne's main character, Rooster Cockburn. <laughs> yeah. it's a Rooster. Old Rooster. Rooster. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a good movie yeah. though. It's not. I mean, it's a terrible movie in retrospect. <laughs> yeah, it's like that awful that. acting, but it's it's one of those westerns. You know? yeah, it's like, yeah, there was a movie. You get what you get.
3: Tombstone. <laughs> Yeah. With Val Kilmer.
4: Yeah. Oh, dude. I like that movie. Oh, man. Listen, when he spins the coffee cup and he, oh, yeah. I like that movie. <laughs> yeah. That's a fantastic movie. Probably one of Val Kilmer's better
3: performances, oh. I think. You guys ever see Deadwood?
4: Okay. Mm-hmm. I I tried mm-hmm. to start watching it once and I didn't get into it, but it's one that everyone has told me to watch. It's the one that has- um, Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: I've heard it's great. He is like for me watching that show. I watched it for him. Yeah, uh, and it, it was. I felt like it started off a little slow, but then towards towards the end, I mean, they leave you hanging at the end. And supposedly, there's going to be a movie that may wrap it up finally. <laughs> uh, but his character on there is just amazing. The yeah. amount of foul language, uh, <laughs> you just can't keep up with it. Yeah, uh, it's. Yeah, that's a yeah. good western show. I'm trying to remember. Um, we're so off topic. Yeah. Right? I'm um, yeah, sorry. I, there oh was No, uh, that's,
4: that's no yeah. this is literally yeah. what we. You do, guys, yeah. you
3: got me talking about this more than I. I think I may have yeah. ever uh, done before. I, you know. I, that's see, weird I, for I, me. I Godless. Did you guys ever watch Godless? No.
4: Okay, so the the bad guy is Jeff Daniels. Hmm. From Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. 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 And it's uh. Well, here I'll just read you the description from IMDb. Uh, notorious criminal Frank Griffin, that's Jeff Daniels, and his gang of outlaws are on a mission. Get revenge on Roy Good, a former protege who betrayed the Brotherhood. On the run, Roy seeks refuge in an isolated mining town, La Belle, New Mexico, where he lives with Alice Fletcher, a hardened widower and outcast. When word reaches La Belle, which is governed mainly by women, that Griffin is headed there, the residents of the town band together to defend against his murderous gang. It's good. Jeff Daniels, Plays a fucking terrifying bad guy. Like,
3: oh, yeah. so sinister. Like I can kind of see that because I guess, you know, they say that, like, comedy is the hardest kind of acting to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, like, maybe if you've got those chops and, like, tackling that, it's just like a whole, you know, he's just tapping into some, you know, ability. Mm-hmm. I don't know, that's beyond me. I yeah, guess. he just,
4: it's just this, like, nonchalant type of, like, Evil that he brings to the table. I have to look that and up. It's just mm, like yeah. it's weird.
3: I have like, to add it to my list of things yeah. that I, I don't even watched.
4: know what it was on. Like if it was Amazon or Netflix or TV. I don't. I don't have mm. any idea.
3: Or what um, was it called again?
4: Godless. Godless. Yeah. I don't know. It's good though. It's a good name. Very good. Yeah. It's a brutal show too. It uh,
3: lives up to the name. Mm. Right, you I guys are good at this. <laughs> you don't you're like when you hear somebody's podcast, you're like, Oh yeah, that's good. But then when you're talking with them, you're like, they're good at this. We just talked. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we just like talked. Yeah. yeah. That's just, what I, I mean, you just got me running. I would yeah. never talked about that before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I love. Like um being able to talk to somebody who writes music and actually has a meaning behind each song and just doesn't write a song to write a song. It's like I like I like hearing about like because you can kind of tell with like lyrically or like a you know the song title mm-hmm. what it potentially is about. Looking at your song titles, I would not be able to fucking tell you what they were about. <laughs> well, the but lyrics are all,
3: the lyrics are all in there, and there's, definitely gonna... there's art like that was the thing. Like I went mm. really deep into like the rest of the guys in the band. I think they were just like, all right, just we're just gonna let Mark go off yeah. on this thing on this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I went real deep into, like, you know, all the lyrics had to be meaningful. I wanted uh, full artwork for every song mm-hmm. and lyrics for every song. And, like, the artwork kind of matches the lyrics uh, mm-hmm. in in a sense. And so we just, you know, went way out on, you know, making sure there was art for everything. For everything. And it was, like, something cool to open. Yeah. You know, like I know, 90% of the I'm listening sure. public will stream it probably. But I uh, See, I'm
1: a big fan of, like... Oh gosh, just smack the microphone yeah. <laughs> of, uh, actual physical copies. But you know, it's so hard to find nowadays. Cause like, especially with, like local music, yeah. you know, it's, it's so, it's expensive. Yeah. But it's expensive to actually, you know, have it, you know, especially the jewel cases. Like, so you could do like the sleeves or like burn them yourself, but actually having like a professional looking with like, with the barcode, which yeah. is dope, you know, um, it's just so expensive to do. And, um, yeah, yeah we, like, I went all in on that, uh, I'm actually going to open this up like yeah. the artwork while we're talking. But yeah. the thing that I got, like, uh, from whenever you we are talking about it, is a lot of, like, Interstellar almost. You
3: oh, know? I love that movie. Yeah. I absolutely like, love that movie. It's
1: it's honestly one of the few movies that I've watched that I've actually teared up in. And I've got, like, a handful of movies where I've, you know, cried during. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was one of them. Like, it was just – because I'm I'm really big on the whole, like, the space type thing, like, the feel. It's how, like, I write my music. Mm-hmm that almost, like, atmospheric style. And it's not not as heavy as, you know, you guys. Um, but it's, like, that um, almost, like, a Angels and airwaves esh meets, like, you know, the 30 Seconds to Mars kind of vibe.
3: But you want to, um, like, you want to set a mood.
1: Yeah, exactly. And each of my songs, I try to set that mood. So whenever you're talking about this, you know, that just from my perspective, I don't think of it as, like, you know, like the Rick and Morty thing. It, it was more like that interstellar, like, you know, you're you're going out but you're like in an alternate dimension trying to speak to, you know, somebody, you know, from the past essentially. Yeah. You know, kind of kind of feel to it. But I love
3: yeah, a lot of this crazy talk, me talking to myself. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So is this an EP or is this That's, an a, album? that's this is a that's a album. that's a full album. Okay. Um I'm going to look at the artwork cuz he said that each song had Artwork. Yeah, there's artwork and lyrics. Um, and some of the artwork I did, and some of it uh, we had like you know I you know friends and you know folks uh, work on uh, that. F- oh, imp- let me see the opening page. Yeah, I did that one. Did this one? <laughs> yeah, because uh, th- those two songs they kind of fade into one another, mm-hmm. and so I though, treated kind of them down. as like one thing because you've literally like right there it's the that sets the stage, the positive and the negative. Uh, you remember Sarah Gainer? Sarah? Yeah. She did that 8 bit rage panel. Oh, really? Uh huh. Sarah Gainer.
1: She's a friend of ours. She used to come down to the cafe all the time.
3: Yeah. She's a really cool girl. Yeah. I feel like I know her. Yeah. My wife did that next panel for Null. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Hicks did that one. You've never met Jonathan, I don't think. I don't. The name sounds familiar. I might have, like, seen it. He's a good something.
1: artist. Yeah. Uh, um, the, i like the i like i like the tra- like the transition of like something like this and then you have the all american violation where it's like kind of that old school
3: yeah that's very know? meant to be very glitchy that's yeah. um uh' is a a painting well no i, I won't s- say uh some Hieronymus bosch uh, is a, a painter uh and so th- uh that one if you look at the frames uh he's distracting uh a, a group of individuals with, uh, you know, a show, and mm-hmm. while he's doing that, somebody's going up behind a guy and robbing him out of his back pocket. Uh,
1: okay, um, yeah, yeah, that's really cool.
3: And that's uh, that's based on another Bosch painting. It's like the extraction of the stone of madness. It's mm-hmm. again like cutting out of the brain. Damn, that uh, sounds metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, not that, really it's cool. not that. It's not that like metal dudes. I don't know if they really like us or not. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's, it's it's definitely heavy like uh, if so do you like lovecraft you know i have never read a full lovecraft story you should yeah i yeah I, I, I feel I, like it I, would be I'm up sure to i would yeah <laughs> uh, a lot of my stuff is like comic books and mm-hmm. uh just you know i think just like Sitting and brooding and uh you know just thinking about things. I I love a lot of Mm sci-fi and I think that definitely influences like where I where I come from for sure. Yeah. Super underrated movie. I'm gonna
4: go back to movies. (laughs) Um (laughs) sci fi movie, Event Horizon. Oh yeah. Dude, yeah. That is such a good sci fi movie. Oh,
0: it's it's,
4: so chilling too. Yeah, it's really oh I get you. Such a good one. (laughs)
1: Sorry. no. That's I need to get caught up on movie stuff because, like, I just...
4: Well, I I don't know that it's that you need to get caught up so much as I'm pretty sure that he and I just have really
1: similar tastes in movies. I just honestly, like, I just don't watch movies a lot anymore. Like, if it's something like the Star Wars movie or, like, you know...
3: Like, it's an event movie. Yeah,
1: something like that, I'll watch it, but you know, occasionally I'll turn on a movie you know, if I'm, like, just sitting around, but I never... To me... I mean, like, and I play a lot of fucking video games, and it's kind of, like, the same thing. It's... You know, to me, watching a movie by myself is like a waste of time. But I'll play video games if I can play it with somebody else. It's like a social. Yeah, you want thing. that
3: shared experience. Yeah. So but, I get that. I. Uh,
1: yeah, the past few nights I've been like kind of just lonely and just been like oh, I'm just gonna watch a movie. And I've actually watched a few, but they're newer movies that I just I've always wanted to watch. Not newer, but like No Country for Old Men. I've always wanted to watch it mm-hmm. like fully, but I've always just it, whenever I started it, I've fallen asleep or something like that.
3: Um, did you see Hereditary? I did not know. I that movie still scares me. Does it? Yeah, and I, like my my wife is a major uh, <laughs> mixed by Terry.
4: I am the liquor Smith.
3: <laughs> that. That's a, actually that's a good that's a good story to talk about. Yeah, let's talk uh, about that. <laughs> that's so, a Leahy
4: reference, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally.
3: Uh, so, so with that, so with that album, so like a drummer at the time, guitar player at the time, you know, they had finished their stuff and I, it was like an episode of metal Like I was going in and like, <laughs> yeah. I would record my vocal and, um, and I played most of the bass on there uh, cause we didn't have a bass player at the time. It was before like, we knew that we were going to like play as a band. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was like, just, I kept going through and I would like record stuff. And then I'd send it to them. they would like, "Oh, that sounds great," and I'd be like, "No, that sucks," and I would delete it and then mm. start. So finally, it was like, "We've got to finish this thing." And so, <laughs> like, I just recorded everything. And my, I'm, so my, my day job, uh, part of my day job is I'm an audio engineer. And uh, so it's like I, I can totally do this, but I need somebody that I trust that's like removed enough uh, to do it. So I have my friend Terry, who has a band called I Am The Liquor. And it's totally a Trailer Park Boys reference. Huh. Yes. Uh, I was like, "Hey, I was like, do you want to finish mixing this record? I was like, I've got, you know, it's it's mostly done. I was like, but I really need somebody that can like take it away because I'm just you too need close an to perspective. it yeah. and tell me that to stop and to shut the hell up. And so that's what he did, <laughs> yeah. and I'm very grateful that uh, that he did that because it may never have come out if I would, because I was just deep in the rabbit hole of crazy. Oh, yeah. On that, like I was not in a good place there, mm-hmm. so it was probably uh, good that uh, he came in and did that. But yeah, his he's got a band. They're like, I guess the term is stoner rock mm-hmm. or stoner metal. and They're called I Am the Liquor. So That's just, awesome. shout out to Terry's <laughs> band uh, <laughs> as well. Yeah.
1: R.I.P. Mister Leahy. Yeah. See, I never watched Trailer Park Boys. Can never get into it.
0: Honestly. You should. I didn't this want to watch. Is, so it they have first, a cartoon now.
4: Watched one episode the other night. Me too. <laughs> I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about it.
1: I it feel is. like that would be along the like almost like so. I feel like, like, so I feel like with it the Boys, cartoon isn't very
4: much is it? <laughs> I feel like with the cartoon, I need it, it's almost like the first mm. season or two of Trailer Park Boys, where like if you watch it sober, I don't think you'll
3: enjoy it quite <laughs> as much as if you watch it real drunk. Yeah i uh actually i don't think I've ever watched trailer Park boys and not been sober really yeah but i'm 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 really weird in that way like food or like just frame of mind can do the same thing to me mm-hmm. sometimes and like if if I drink alcohol it like it hits me really fast yeah and so I don't typically drink it that often I'm definitely not against it or anything but it's like I have to be really careful uh when I do it but mm-hmm. uh that that trailer park boys cartoon was just it was like off the rails oh yeah uh it was wild yeah i mean, just like <laughs> it, you 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 hit it with the ren and stimpy reference yeah, referencing not even first thing seeing it came
1: like, to my mind whenever I, uh, you said trailer park boys yeah. cartoon I was, yeah. it was kind
3: of gory
4: to, yeah uh, uh, a little bit <laughs> uh but uh hereditary you were saying
3: yeah um man I still like that scene. This isn't spoil the movie. Oh, uh, th- th- that scene where he's walking through the house, and it's dark, and there's the weird dude. The oh, that's just standing there naked behind him. Oh, and did, like that, I still get freaked out about. Uh, just the other night, was walking through my house, all the lights were off, and I just had a flash like the moon hit. I have this clock on the wall. And then it reflected on the other wall, and it looked like that shimmery. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. You, you don't know, but you will. And I and then I immediately my mind went to that, and like there's you know there's a naked demon dude behind. Me. But, I mean, you should come remember. over tonight, and we should watch that.
4: We'll have Jess Maybe. make us dinner. It's so good.
1: Maybe. I have to see. Like it's another of the things, like comedies, horror movies, things like that. I have to watch with other people, not because I get scared by
3: myself. It's just so you got to share the experience.
1: Yeah, that's like I so, don't I don't come sit over and watch and we'll comedies watch and laugh like by myself. Like if I'm sitting and watching a comedy with Jed, I'm, we're both going to laugh. Mm-hmm. If I'm sitting there watching it by myself. I don't laugh at it. I mean, some, sometimes something will get me and I'll laugh. And it's, you know, it's the same thing with like horror movies. Like they don't scare me as much by myself unless, you know, as if I'm watching it with like somebody else. You know, I get more freaked out because like you got that tension
4: in the room, too, you know so i I think with hereditary what mm. really knocked it out of the park for me was that like I don't hate jump scare movies, you know, like I watched uh about two thirds of the nun last night mm-hmm. and it was pretty it was pretty good i mean it was it was just as scary as um you know all of the conjuring movies have been so far. they've all been real good yeah. about being creepy,
3: and yeah, weird they and, hit some jump scares, too, yeah. but they I feel like they do it in a yeah tasteful ways. but
4: with uh with hereditary man like what what really did it for me for hereditary so i'll just tell you like in 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 the past two three years i think i think that covers enough timeline um but three of my favorite movies that i've seen in that time frame actually i'll say four because i had another one that i just thought of is um sicario the first sicario okay uh hostiles Okay, I've never seen that. Which is a it's a western, with uh, it has Christian Bale, and I can't think of the woman's name, but she was the wife from Gone Girl. If you've okay. seen Gone yep, Girl, yep, I have. And uh, there's a couple other famous people in it. The guy that played Magua in um, Last of the Mohicans. Oh shit, he's in it. And it's basically about Christian Bale is this uh, retiring. Uh, Pre-Civil War, I think. Um, Union soldier,
1: mm, yeah. and
4: we watched that together. Yes, yeah. And uh, he is tasked with escorting the uh, chief. I can't remember his name, but the guy that played Magua to uh, some city north to, or no, he's taking him back to his um his original lands so that he can die Mm. because he's dying. And so there's this conflict because, you know, he was an Indian hunter and this chief was a brutal chief that killed lots of, uh, union. I won't say Americans because right. right, Technically, but, um, and, there's just so many scenes where, and so this is something that you get to see in the trailer. So it's not really giving anything away, but the woman that, that played the wife and gone girl, um, the way that she's introduced to the story is early on in the trip. Um, her family was killed by Indians and they come across her and she joins them because she has literally nothing like her house was burned. Um, there's nowhere for her to go. And so they're like, we're just going to take you to the next town. And then I won't really say anything else other than that, but there are scenes with her that are crushing. Mm -hmm. I mean, crushing scenes like, Oh, hostiles, huh? Yeah. Hostiles. Um, Christian Bale also delivers another fantastic performance. Mm -hmm. Um, and they also kind of touch on, um, kind of like the horrors of war as well. Um, but that one, and then uh, uh, Wind River. Have I seen that? Wind River. Um, so Jeremy Renner, Maggie Gyllenhaal. I don't think I've seen I know what you're talking about, but I don't think yeah. I've seen it. So that movie is another one. Um, Dennis
3: Villanueva. Mm-hmm. From Sicario. He was in on that one, too. He's going to make us the best Dune movie. Oh, I hope so. I I love Dune for sure in there. Uh, I I, I Mm, love the Dune books. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah, you're fine. But then, you know, also
4: number four, Hereditary. And the reason that I include all those four is that my type of movie, the movie that I love, and I can come full circle with this and come back to the thing, um, (laughs) I love atmospheric movies. I love movies where, you know, you feel an overwhelming sense of something throughout every scene that kind of permeates the entire movie. And like with Sicario, it's this sort of like, you just know bad things are happening. And it's just like, you know, you know that this is all going to come to a culmination at some point. And it's just, you know, you, you just get this feeling that like, it's just never going to get better. You know, that like that, It's always going to be bad. Mm -hmm. Nothing ever good is going to come from this. And then that's kind of how the movie plays out. You know, there really is no resolution. It's like, you're no better off than you were at the start of the movie. Yeah, Um, Hostiles kind of has the same feeling. And with Hereditary, um, I won't say much about Wind River because that's probably one of my favorite movies that I've ever seen at all. And I highly suggest you go see it. I will warn you, though, it is very graphic. Okay, Um, So... Just heads up there. Uh, But with Hereditary, it's just this constant build and build and build and build. And it's like it just wears you down, you know, where it's like there's no singular moment that you can point to where it's like, you know, this was the point where everything went to shit. True. You know what I mean? Like there's maybe a couple where, you know, the scene on the road or like the scene in the house. But it's like. No, there's really no single one point where you're just like, yep, that's where everything went wrong. Right. It's just this constant underlying like dull tone. And I've told people before the way that I describe it is it's kind of like how you know how there's frequencies that people can't hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that is playing the entire movie and somebody's just making it louder. What's and like, it's like, you know, there's no recognizable thing that's happening. It's just the movie itself draws you in and it just builds on itself till all of a sudden you realize, like, halfway through the movie, nothing crazy has happened at that point. But it's like you realize that you're just like on the edge of your seat, just like, oh, what is happening, you know? And the payoff.
3: And the payoff is
4: ridiculous. Mm-hmm.
3: You have got to watch it. Yeah, I need to watch it. Yeah. Like, c- I mean, if, if there's food involved, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If there's like food <laughs> yeah. and friendship. W- yeah, watch it for sure, uh,
1: and a lots of lots of peppers. lots yeah. of puppers. Lots, lots, lots of dogs.
3: Yeah, I like oh. I when when I watched it, I you know on on the way back, I said to my wife, I was like, I just want to go home and hold the dogs, <laughs> like <laughs> just you know, I just like it was just so Ooh. I don't know, it just it hit me. Yeah, it was a good movie. You got yeah,
1: I like yeah. movies that do like like what you were saying with like the frequencies, but. The one that sticks out to me, and I watched—I um, forget what it was, but it was on the Dark Knight um, with uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Oh, at the that, beginning where where they they didn't have a a song like a song. It was just that one note that just,
3: the, just during rose. the bank robbery scene. Yeah. yeah,
1: It's just and it's just one note and it just rises and rises, but it never gets to that point because it's you're always in that kind of like suspense, mm-hmm. like when's it going to finish? When's it going to finish? But it's just that one note that just keeps rising, and it's like whenever I watched it and like they described it to me then like i forget what what they even play it on it was on some
3: it was i I think it was a mixture i think they i think it was a mixture of synthesizer and something else and i don't know what uh because it was i mean hans zimmer but he had a team of folks working with him on that and i think that's the reason why that score was ineligible for the oscars Mm -hmm. because because he wanted to make sure that the production team got credit for their yeah. contribution to it. And uh, yeah. it's an amazing score. Amazing yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I, it's probably the best comic book movie. Mm-hmm. Like that one for me and Watchmen. Watchmen. I, I know it differed from the graphic novel, but I still, I was satisfied. Mm-hmm. With See, it. I like the Dark Knight better. Do you? Yeah. I No, I would put them. Or, right I'm there. sorry. Yeah. Uh, Batman Begins. Dark Knight Rises. You do really? Yeah. I don't, I'm not angry that you do. <laughs> but I like I, I don't
4: I thought, I thought the performance turned in by and obviously not to take anything away from Heath Ledger Joker because mm-hmm. um but I thought Tom Hardy as Bane was spot on. The perfect Bane. I thought Bane. that uh Anne Hathaway's Catwoman was great. Yeah. Loved her. Um but really Bane, like Bane, Bane in that movie was yeah. just so Terrifying mm-hmm. and just had that presence, you know. And I think maybe for me, it's just I prefer Bane over the Joker, maybe because you know, to me, Bane is Batman's like
3: nemesis, yeah. And it's for me, the, the scene where he breaks his back. Well, and that's oh, taken yeah. was, directly out yeah, of the I comics. mean, it was I like mean, when that happened, I saw the panel, yeah. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. damn, they hit that just yeah. so well. Mm-hmm. And
4: that's what that's what I loved was that you know they actually stayed true to bane you know bane was not just this big burly you know super strong guy that could best batman in physical combat but you know in the comics bane outsmarted batman yeah, he was bane was a better fighter than batman bane you know he beat him in every mm. possible way you know and so that's why i preferred that movie was because especially especially you know the whole cuz i did not know the uh, Talia connection Okay. because I had limited mm-hmm. comic experience with Batman I had enough to know who Bane was supposed to be and I knew that he wasn't the steroided junkie like the yeah. you know the other movie
3: so seeing you know, that I, I,
4: I can get that then yeah. but getting the shock value of that like full circle resolution for me as somebody who wasn't like fully invested in the comics mm-hmm. like that was just like whoa I can get behind hmm. that. I yeah. love that movie. I mean, I loved all the Nolan Batman. Yeah, I liked movies, all three. But, uh, I did. I mean, dude, Liam Neeson is Razal cool. Like, oh yeah, yeah.
3: He was, dude, he was great. It was good, man. He was awesome.
1: Sweet. Have you seen the the uh, preview for Joaquin Phoenix Joker? Yes. How do you feel about that?
3: You know, I, I was one of those people. I was like, man, Ledger's Joker is the best, mm-hmm. and it probably will be. But I, you know, I like. The route they're taking with mm-hmm. this, I know some folks get angry <sighs> that it's like we don't need a Joker origin story, but like every movie except for the Dark Knight, we all got like twisted up. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: And I think, I'm very, I think after
1: Suicide Squad and Jared Leto, I think we, needed we need jokers. a good. Yeah. <laughs> we, needed, so we needed
3: the ginger to cleanse our palate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I love. I mean, you could. You know, when you listen to that a little bit more, you'll see. Like I, I love the mental health angle, of mm. course, uh, on things, and I, I like that they're really, you know, kind of focusing yeah. on that, like, the, you know, madness driving somebody yeah. to do something. Uh, so I, I'm cool with it. Uh, I figure if anybody can do that justice right now, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix has to be one of the one of the ones. Is the dude that's directing that? Is that the dude that did The Hangover? I think so. I, yeah, like, which sure. is crazy to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I think so. But it's like okay, you know. Well,
4: but I mean, you've got uh, you've got Jordan Peele out here, oh, just slaying it, yeah, killing it with slaying like thrillers. Yeah. I haven't seen Us yet. I haven't either. Mm-hmm. I almost went and saw it uh, last night, actually. Man, get out, but was I was just like, in. what the. Oof. So I liked Get Out. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was. I thought it was a great twist to it. Like to me, I feel so. I liked Get Out, but I saw the Invitation before I saw Get Out, mm-hmm. and I thought they were kind of like of similar veins. And I liked the Invitation better
1: because I don't think I saw the
4: Invitation, invitation. was a
3: Netflix movie. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see it, but I know I'm familiar with what you're talking about. It's almost like
1: somebody had the same type of script
3: and they just Um, did it different ways. So
4: basically, like with Get Out, you know, he visits and it's like all, you know, all the black people seem to be brainwashed. Yeah. Well, with the invitation, it's similar, but it's this couple that show up at this dinner party and they're meeting like a bunch of friends that they haven't talked to in a really long time. And a couple of the friends there are kind of like weird.
1: Wait, I think I, I think we, I think you, we watched that. I think I watched that whenever I lived with you. Maybe with
4: you where then spoiler alert. Well, he it, hasn't seen it. Was it, it so like with the, uh, with like the lights? Yes. The, the, the red end? lights. Yeah. 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 Okay, okay. So yeah. you have seen, yeah, it. I have seen that. Yeah. So I liked that movie better mm-hmm. and I feel like they were very similar, kind of similar in base plots yeah get yeah, out went about that. it a much different way and it was mm-hmm. still a fantastic movie mm-hmm. um but I just preferred the invitation mm-hmm. I thought it was a little darker
1: the invitation was definitely a lot like a which lot I
4: like dark movies mm-hmm. so Let's that check it out, out. Mm-hmm. went up my lane yeah, yeah. yeah. that and it. then I mean have you seen the ritual yes okay yes that's okay. another good one yeah. um what else oh <laughs> okay we have to talk about this if if you actually watch this show I don't know if you do but one week till game of thrones game of thrones oh yeah yeah are you caught up <sighs> yep caught up uh. I'm, I'm actually so i'm caught up but i'm uh, i'm going back through and re-watching i watched uh we started with the s- finale of season six mm-hmm. and then we're gonna watch all the way through to season seven so i should finish up season seven
3: probably friday or saturday and then be able to Go right into, right season, into eight. season 8 we start yeah we we rewatched 7 uh i didn't catch all the episodes uh but but i i caught i mean i caught them all originally but yeah, on the rewatch yeah. i didn't mm. so i'm you know i'm ready they came out with like
1: a list and i need to find it again but it's like a list that they release like certain episodes like if you want to refresh it's like you don't have to rewatch the entire series here's like a list uh, of episodes it's that's important four,
4: for mm. season 7 it was like episode 4 mm-hmm. episode 6 and then I think the final episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I have a theory that I love to tell people about. Um, that I think the Hound is Azor Ahai. I don't
1: know. Explain. Yeah, explain it to me so I can. So.
3: Because yeah. <laughs> that 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 you so, just threw so, me for a loop. So, I was not so expecting the prince, that to be your theory.
4: So the prince that was promised is supposed to be uh, born of salt and fire, right? The hound, the burn marks on his face from his Mm. brother. And then part of the prophecy um, was that, uh, how did that work? It was, um, so he has to have the fire blade, obviously. Mm -hmm. And the hound has already shown in season seven that he has a connection with the Lord of Light. Yeah,
1: that's
3: true. Oh man. <laughs> oh Damn. man. You heard it here first
1: everybody. <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm liking that. So
4: I've been I've been thinking that since season 7, when it, or maybe it was late season 6, I don't remember. Um but it's been a while since I was like fully brushed up on my facts, so I don't have all of them directly in front of me. Um but uh But yeah. I think this. it's the hound because, okay, I, I feel like maybe it's John. I don't know. Maybe it's Daenerys or Jamie or Tyrion, you know, all of those. Those just feel like too obvious. And with the way that, with the they... way that this show goes, yeah. it's never what you expect. Yeah. You know, it's always something that you don't see coming. Then why did they kill off Sean Bean? Because he dies in everything. So <laughs> apparently there's a theory that there's a theory that he it, he was a faceless man. And that he okay. didn't actually die. Whoa.
1: Man, if he comes back, I'm gonna
4: But now one theory that I that I a theory video that I, I watched the other day that um that I really, really, really actually liked, and I was like, oh my god, that would make a lot of sense is that so, I didn't totally agree with all of it. Um, but the theory was that Rhaegar Targaryen never died. Okay. Because his body was never recovered from the Battle of the Trident. Um, and that Rhaegar was a faceless man. And that Rhaegar Targaryen, and Hagar, and Littlefinger are all the same person. And that when Littlefinger died at the end of Season 7, yeah. he only he allowed that version of himself to be killed because if he didn't, then Bran would eventually be able to look into him and find out who he truly was.
3: Huh? Man.
1: There's so many, like it's crazy. So many different theories. Because if you think about it,
4: Jack and Hagar (laughs) is a faceless man, right? Mm -hmm. He can become whoever he wants to be whenever he wants to, you know, he can do pretty much anything he wants to. I mean, the show kind of makes him out to be this all powerful Mm -hmm. type of person. And yet, when you first are introduced to him, where is he? He's in a prison. And that's how he meets Aria, conveniently. Mm-hmm.
3: Man, I, if, I'm I assuming like. you've read the books, too? or I've not, no. I have a, a friend that's read all the books so far, and I I, I want to, like... Get some FaceTime with him and talk to him <laughs> talk about to him. your theories, because he like he. I mean, he's told me some stuff that happens in the books, that mm-hmm. were, and so I'm like, I want to run this by him and and I want to see his reaction, because mm-hmm. uh, he's like he's a he's a stringent nerd about things. Yeah. Like, he, you know, yeah. he's into the lore. like. He's the guy that did my first D&D campaign. Okay. They, okay. They yeah, got, so, yeah. You know, so he's like <laughs> yeah. very much like, "Nope, here's" and mm. so like I want to see his reaction cuz I feel like you're onto something with mm. these. Uh that's a, just totally was not where my brain was going yeah. on it. Uh, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to see if I can find those other facts. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys see
1: the uh, the late night with uh the girl who plays Arya? Yes. Where the, she the, pretended the, the to April give a spoiler Fools thing? Where she, like, came out, and, dude, she played it off so fucking well. Because, who was it, Jimmy Fallon? Yeah. It was like, can you, like, give us any kind of, like, hints of, like, what's coming up and all this stuff? And she's like, no. She's like, I'm really, you know, like, HBO is really, you know, can't talk about anything other than, you know, like, the release of it, you know, all this stuff. And then she was like, well, then, you know, um, he just, like, keeps, like, bugging her about it, bugging her. And it played it off so fucking well. And she was like, well, you know, it all, it's really sad, like, you know, whenever the rap, you know, everything was wrapped up and all this stuff. And she's like, especially in episode two, whenever Sansa dies and all that, she's like, <gasps> <laughs> and she played it off so well. And she like freaked out and started like shaking and like walked off the set. And Jimmy Fallon's like, oh my God. He's like, did I just like coax her like to tell me something? Oh
3: my God.
1: And he like, he's like, oh shit. And then he like walks off stage and they come back out. It's like April Fool's. Like I was oh like, holy God. shit. it It got me. I was like, that was like did she really just do that? And obviously I wasn't paying attention to the fucking day that it came out on. Yeah. It was like April first. Imagine but... being
3: in the audience though. Oh yeah. Like that while it was happening. Yeah.
1: It it kinda got silent. Everybody was just like I don't think it was so much that shock factor, like, oh no, she just gave away part of Game of Thrones. I think they kind of felt bad because they actually thought that she That's did that and should she'd probably get in a yeah, lot of some trouble. Kind of
3: breach of. Con- I wonder what that's in your. You know how that plays out in your contract. if I mean, you're in the show like that, especially after the show is done. Like, like a million, you know, multi-million dollar it's penalty. Probably.
1: Uh, I wonder if they if they pay them like per episode as they come out too, just oh, in case you yeah. know if something were to be like leaked by accident, like you. You forfeit your right to like the rest of your money, or you know I don't know how that works, but it could not be good if somebody were to give something like that away and being able to like film that and then like go back to your normal life. And people are gotta be bugging your friends, family just being like, so what happens? What happens just being like almost as bad as working in the government and having to to like keep your mouth shut about stuff. It's like, you know, my, my uncle's a, he, he, I think he retired as a master chief um, in the air force. And there's some stuff that he's, he's like, I could, I, I can't talk about it. And he's been retired for a long time. Like you still, you just can't talk about it. It's like, how can like,
3: yeah, I don't know.
1: That's just crazy.
3: And uh, you know, some of those folks like, um, uh, they're probably a bit relieved in a way to be done with a show like that. Uh, uh-huh. cause like that pressure, it's like, all right, you know, if I can just make it a few more weeks, mm-hmm. like pressure's off yeah. now. Uh, yep. and I, you know, you, you wonder how many of them feel that way and then how many of them are like, I'll never be as you know part of something that's this successful again. Right? It's like, is yeah. that a relief or is that a, a burden? Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: I actually, I, I saw an article the other day um, about there's a lot of TV, like, not TV, but well, I don't know, I guess TV experts um, that have theorized that Game of Thrones might be the last um occurrence that we see of a show like this where you know this massively successful popular show that everyone sits down and watches at the same time every week yeah because of streaming services becoming so prevalent and a lot of them just releasing like a season at a time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know as opposed to how hbo does it where it's a you know one episode a week yeah That this could be the last huge, you know, as successful as Game of Thrones has been, occurrence of something happening Mm. this way. I can see that, you know. uh, Which I feel like that's, to me, that's part of Game of Thrones, you know. Like we do family night. So mm. we'll have uh, family dinner and we, you know, everybody, we invite all of our friends over and cook a bunch of food. Everybody, you know, hangs out, eats food, drinks. And then, you know, at, at nine, it's like, all right. All right, yeah. lights out. Everybody <laughs> yeah. take a seat. Yeah. Make sure you use the bathroom. Game of Thrones is on. Yeah. We're watching Game of no Thrones. No getting up. Like, yeah, anyway. yep. like shut up. Don't talk. <laughs>
3: Cersei's on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, I, I hate Cersei, but I loved her in the last season, man. Mm. Just, man, just, she is such a phenomenal she's just, actress. She's so just, cold and oh, vicious. Yeah. And I, you know, the- The scene with the sept. Yep, that's like, for me. I was whoa. like, whoa, Cersei is- Awesome, right and what now. a
0: fell yeah.
4: swooping move too. I mean, like, it, you know, it's that bittersweet victory of, you know, a, you know, you lose the the uh, the high sparrow, he's gone, and then all those weird zealot fucks, you know, they're all <laughs> dead. But then you have to lose Marjorie, and it's like, man, she was such an awesome character on yeah. the show, mm-hmm. and now she's gone. But now you have this new Cersei arc where you know Tommen. And what happens with yeah. him? And now she's just completely off the fucking rails, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? And, and that whole scene leads up to, I think one of, at least for me, one of the dynamics that I'm most interested in, in the next season is, you know, Jamie leaves King's Landing mm-hmm. and now what, yeah. you know? I forgot about that
1: fuck I need to rewatch this last season is is he gonna fight against her is
4: he gonna fight against her Mm -hmm. you know is he trying to come up with some type of a way that they can like you know and you would think with his character make some type of a resolution like Mm -hmm. but then again I mean he's been so jaded so many times you know like he had to deal with Euron with her and you know all of that and then um, I know this because I just watched this episode this morning so it's super fresh in my mind but like one of the last, you know, favors that he granted for anyone was when uh um uh, Anna, now I can't remember her name. The Lady of High Garden. Oh, shut the, the older boy. woman. The, Amazing actress. Vanessa Redgrave. Maybe I can't remember her name that. on the show.
3: Oh yeah. I can't remember. She's her a name Tyrell. On the show. Yeah. 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 Uh I forget. Oh I, I know you're talking about it. Marjorie's
4: grandpa. Yeah. 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 Um, that scene with her in the castle in Highgarden you know when she's like you know how am I gonna die are they gonna do this and you know he basically tells her like you know I went to bat for you and you know I told Cersei that you know we were gonna do it a different way and then he gives her the poison, and she's like, you know, is this going to hurt? And he's like, no, it won't hurt. And then she downs it and immediately just tells him, like, I'm the fucker that killed Joffrey. Like, yeah. fuck you. Tell Cersei. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I don't know. I don't know what kind of a state of mind Jamie's going to be in. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he's had a rough go. Right. He's had a real rough go. And a lot of it has been because of because trying of to protect trying to Cersei. help Cersei. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So is this the yeah. final straw? Is he over it? And then if he is, I mean, you got to think, too, If he's going, so this is this was the first thing that I thought of in that pivotal scene when he's leaving King's Landing and the first snowfall lands. He has to face the Starks if that's where he's going. Mm -hmm. And he's the one that pushed Bran out of the window. Yeah. He's the one that kind of kicked this whole thing off.
3: Mm -hmm. He's got to, how is that going to work?
4: You know what I mean? Because, I mean, obviously, we as the viewer, we've seen this amazing character progression that he's gone through, but. John doesn't know that. Arya doesn't know that. Sansa doesn't know that. The Kingslayer that yeah. destroyed mm-hmm. my brother's body. Yeah. 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 Tyrion doesn't even know that, you know? Oh, Tyrion, what a good character oh, he yeah. is, too. I'm
1: excited because like this is going to come out, this episode is going to come out like halfway. Because how many episodes are there, eight? Or uh, six, doing, uh, six, six or six? eight? In yeah, this something. season, I think it's six. Six. Yeah, this is going to come out by like halfway through. The season, so
3: we can look back. On yeah, this we're to gonna see, be like, able to look back on it you you know, know. and like, oh my god! Oh, <laughs> how amazing is that going to be? Like, if some, like if one of your theories plays, like out. if the Hound is actually, a high yeah, like launch, you know, and they they drop that in like yeah. the second or third. It just yeah. okay. Today,
1: today is Sunday, April seventh. That way, everybody's yeah. got so, that this right. Is, you know, it's definitely,
3: <laughs> it's definitely kind of a
4: a shot in the dark, right? But it's just to me, like I said, nothing in Game of Thrones is ever as you think it should be. You know, oh, yeah. it's, it, it always takes a left turn or several left turns. Um, and I just think it's too obvious for Azor High to be Jon Snow or Daenerys. Mm-hmm. You know, Tyrion, okay, that seems a little bit, you know, more of like a left fielder. But even then, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people still think that that would be, you know, pretty likely because I don't know if you've heard that theory that – um Tyrion is actually Rhaegar's bastard son, which oh. is why when Tyrion was about to shoot Tywin with the crossbow, mm-hmm. uh, Tywin told him, You're not you're no son of mine. And that's why he's a halfling. Hmm. Or a dwarf. Oh, yeah, a halfling. Dwarf. Yeah. too much D and D. Yeah, too much D and D. Um, but and then, you know, Jamie, like that. They all just seem too obvious, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I would be okay if any one of those actually happened. I'm sure that they'll make it right and it'll turn out great on screen. But see, maybe that's the whole, I just like, think Hound is going to be it.
1: Is that like, you know, everything is so unpredictable that it gets people thinking like this, but it's going to be. Oh, yeah. It could totally be a red herring. Yeah, yeah. It could totally uh, be
4: a red herring. Yep. Like for sure. Absolutely. So it's hard to tell.
1: I don't know. Or it, everybody just dies. I mean, it's hard to tell. Maybe the White Walkers fucking kill everybody, and <laughs> it's, it's hard there's to tell. Just, I mean, fuck, there's, there's like as, <laughs>
4: as I'm sitting and watching season seven, I'm just I'm coming across more and more questions <laughs> that I'm like, <clears throat> how the fuck are we going to fit this all in one season? Like, yeah. who's the Night King? What does he want? You know, who you know? How is Daenerys going to react to Jon whenever they get to uh Winterfell and Bran tells him the truth mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he is technically the right heir to the throne
1: but you're thinking about it in too broad of an aspect because there's so many things that could happen to where those things might not take place what if somebody dies you know i yeah. mean they're good at killing people off like you know yeah. they might wrap up like a story arc like that like with braun like you know what 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 if he what if something happens you know like it's it's I don't like to think too far ahead because I'm gonna get my expectations up and especially with Game of Thrones, like the whole well, red wedding thing. I don't, thing, know. I I don't like, know.
4: I don't know. Are you I don't me? think <laughs> I don't think Bran can get killed off.
1: No, I'm not I'm not saying he's going to, but I'm yeah. saying like, you know, something
4: like he could never happen. gets to have that conversation with John. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. You know, things that like that. That would feel very shitty if it would. That never got to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean he's the three eyed Raven. Like mm. he's definitely gonna be Oh yeah. Very important to the upcoming season, mm. I think. Or he should be. He needs to I hope so. I hope we get to see more of his warg abilities. I want to see him warg into a dragon. Mm -hmm. Oh, that'd be dope. Yeah.
3: I want more dragons too. Yes. I want some some little baby dragons. Mm -hmm. Yes. Again, I I like that. So I already kind
4: of (laughs) like, I did kind of predict one little thing that I think is going to be coming into play at some point. And that is, I think that the weapon that Cersei developed to kill the dragons is going to get used to kill the Night King's dragon.
3: Maybe. That would be great. Maybe Jamie could play a role in yeah, that. I, mm-hmm. think, I
4: think that's going to go uh, down.
3: Yeah. Oh, I love talking about this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How long has this episode been gone?
1: Uh, uh, like oh, wow. An hour and 45 minutes.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much for keeping it to oh, an hour. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. This will be a longer episode, whatever. Yeah, it'll be all right.
3: Oh, that's Lordy. Fine. Yeah. whoops. So. Oops. I I need to text my friend and my wife. (laughs) (laughs) I am alive. (laughs) Everything is okay. We
1: just talked about Star Wars and Game of Thrones. So we probably should maybe wrap it up. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, before we do that... where do you, how do people get a hold of your
3: music? Uh, so uh, we've got physical copies. Uh, we're on Spotify, Pandora, you know, Apple Music, all that, uh, you know, we're on the internet, blackholesion.com, uh, you know, all the various uh, social media things uh, and, uh, you know, I'm tend to ramble. So sometimes Mm. if somebody contacts me, I I tend to ramble (laughs) in typing as as well. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, anywhere, anywhere you get music, you can get our stuff. So cool. All over
1: Instagram, Facebook, all that.
3: Yeah. We are on Instagram and Facebook and uh, Twitter. Um, I tend to use Instagram the most, Most. I think, I I think it's the best one right now. The best. And you know, I, it's a mixture of serious things and then me being a jerk sometimes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Posting some pictures with uh, George Binks. Yeah, and Reba yeah. McIntyre. Uh, I, I couldn't go. I couldn't go I the whole episode that. and not mention
3: Reba because uh, that's like an inside joke uh, that culminated maybe. a while back. And we played. Uh, I, I convinced everybody in the band that we were going to cover Fancy. The mm-hmm. tune that Rebo made popular. <laughs> that is a damn and, good song. Uh, I like that way. song a just lot, saying. but they're like, this is awful. And it's like, I just like guilted them into like <laughs> indulging me to play it. And they're like, all right, you've cashed in all your favors with, you know, yeah. with your friends. Uh, so. <laughs> but thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. One, man. I like talking. To you uh, a lot, so <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being I'll on. To do this again, yeah. I'll I would, I would love that.
4: Absolutely. We'll do, we'll do a post Game of Thrones. There we go. Yeah. Episode.
1: Well, I'm actually starting up another podcast. It's gonna, it's called After Atlas After Hours, uh-huh. where we just get together and just talk about random shit. It's nothing to do with the band. We're going to talk about, like, some band stuff, but, like, having people on to talk about just whatever. And with the, our bassist and drummer mm-hmm. being that big into Star Wars, you'd love talking to them. Oh, yeah. So I will have to get you on there. Yeah, let's Come do on. it. Because um, none of them watch Game of Thrones,
4: You'll though. have to talk slow for Marshall.
1: <laughs> yeah. <but. laughs> we got him good with the, I don't know if you listened to the After Atlas episode. Huh. Chris, we, we make fun of Marshall because he... We call him a flat earther. Oh god! Um, so we went to like almost the entire episode, and Chris, Chris was just like, you know, I've been meaning asses. He's like, I didn't know how to like really segue into this whole conversation. He's like, what the fuck is up with the flat earth, dude? Like, <laughs> <just> calls him. <laughs> is he day. seriously a flat earther? No, he just likes conspiracy
3: theories.
4: Oh, okay, okay. So you take the lunar it to the most landing as in yeah. fake, JFK's assassination, <laughs>
1: okay, yeah. like, the Titanic kind of was really a different ship, all this, yeah. kind of stuff. Oh you know, man, so, all sorts of crazy stuff. But yeah. So we'll have to get you on that. I would sure.
3: absolutely love that. Yeah. yeah. Can we do it in character? Like, can we like role play it as like different Star Wars characters? Yeah, you oh, can do that. Yeah, I don't know how long I could handle Jar Jar for, <laughs> but man, <laughs> oh, I bet you I could get like five minutes of of, of, <laughs> of just of,
1: your, role playing Jar Jar. We'll just introduce uh, you as Jar Jar. And just <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: hear what <we're> Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> oh, that would be excellent. Yeah. So, but do, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I had fun it's talking. No problem. To you guys, thank you for man.
4: coming out. And thank
1: you for listening. Thank you for listening.